Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season seven, episode two of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Never Let Me Go. Now, now there's a lot to say here, but this is the episode that finally made me turn on Enzo a little bit. It took a lot. It's hard to be an Enzo stan for actually a lot of his run, honestly. I mean, I, I was okay with him in the Sarah Salvatore chapter. I did recognize that he was being dumb, but I was like, you know what? He's doing his thing. All love to my my boy. This, he needs some help. You know, again, I don't want to influence any opinion, but season seven is off to the roughest start we've had of any season. It's getting a little ridiculous. It's getting a little silly in here. Every scene, it's like, oh, okay. And look, I can suspend a lot of disbelief. It's getting harder this season. They're expecting a lot of me. Again, this show is usually so good at like backing up enough of the logic that you don't yeah. really have any like real questions about it. And I think they mostly explain stuff away, but it's like, so the rock just has to be put on someone's chest. Okay. There, there are a number <laughs> of things in this. Like, I feel like generally in the Vampire Diaries, they do a good job of not overcomplicating things. It's kind of like, this is what this does. And, and that's that baseline logic. There's a couple things this episode that it's like, you're making this more complicated than it needs to be. Like the whole mad on the deed thing. Yes. Like they overcomplicate that. And then the stone, it's almost undercomplicated. Like, you know, I get the vision and I don't mind how it works, but the stone looks so silly that it takes me down. A lot of this, like the conflict we're in right now, and mind you, this is episode two. It's like two days since the beginning of the season. So it's all moving fast. Stefan and Damon really overcomplicated it. They're like, Lily took all this stuff from us. You gave her a good chunk of it, actually. Yeah. She didn't take all of it. You're making it a little easy for her. Yeah, you kind of gave gave in to her. And it's becoming clear, particularly this episode, she's also evil. She's been kind of giving evil. But this, when we get some backstory on her as a mother, it's like, oh, so on top of you not wanting to be a mother and saying fuck them kids regardless, you were saying fuck them kids while you were actively their mother. Well, yeah, it's like I would love to say like, oh, well, she was stuck in an impossible situation with Giuseppe. She was inflicting torture too. She was getting joy out of neglecting her children. Like, Lily. I'll just say this about Miss Lily Salvatore. We are the company we keep. And I think she needs to maybe reflect upon that a bit. And I would love for Nora and Mary Louise to reflect upon that as well. Yes. Let's move somewhere else, girlies. It's it's a new day to be a lesbian in the world. And you can find cooler friends at a truck well, also, stop in Ohio. Nora and Mary Louise, you would love San Francisco, Los New York, Angeles, New, New Orleans. York, New Orleans. Like, the way I, mean, they I know would, they can't go to New Orleans, but. No, but the way they would slay in the New Orleans lesbian scene, I can't even tell but you. But the thing is, is like, I understand why Bo is sticking with the family. I understand why Malcolm was. I understand why Valerie is. I don't understand why Nora and Mary Louise aren't like, well, see ya. Especially Nora. Like, the most fun she's allowed to have is taking selfies. And she's not allowed to take nearly enough selfies, for me personally. You hot lesbians, the world is truly your oyster. You do not need to be in an abandoned town in Virginia. Get out of here. And then the rest of you can die. Heretics, obviously. So much to get into this week. So much to make fun of. And I do want to clarify... I think it's clear at this point we're in season seven. Anytime we make fun of the show, it is out of deep love for the show. But season seven needs to get her ass made fun of a little bit. It's a little silly goofy. Anyway, lots to unpack this week. But before we get into all of it, here's a quick ad. 
As always, I will start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When an impulsive decision by Damon threatens to unravel a carefully negotiated deal, carefully negotiated, carefully negotiated, it was not impulsive, kinda. It was impulsive. You can't say it wasn't impulsive. I guess I was going to say no more impulsive than anything he ever does. But that but that's because he's impulsive. impulsive. Yeah. <laughs> a negotiated deal between Stefan and Lily. Damon has no choice but to make amends with his mother before things spiral further out of control. I guess he does have a choice because he certainly doesn't do that. Yeah. However, Lily remains one step ahead and carries out a harsh plan that hits Damon where it hurts most. Elsewhere, after returning to Whitmore College, Alaric turns to Bonnie for help with a mysterious and potentially dangerous artifact he has obtained, while Matt is forced into making a risky life-or-death decision. Meanwhile, Caroline, who finds herself a pawn in Lily and the Heretic's plan for retribution, uncovers a shocking detail about Stefan's past. Uh, disgusting is the word I'd use. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stefan, I know you were young, but did you have to be such a fucking idiot? One thing about Stefan... He's a whore. Yeah. He thinks that he is well-evolved, whatever. He has a thing for the crazies, okay? Let's not forget he was into Rebecca at a time, okay? And he was into Catherine. But keep in mind, and we'll talk about this when we get there, he was 16 at the time of that event. Yeah. So we'll yeah. chat about that. So he can date a crazy girl if he's 16. Oh, no. He's he's allowed to date crazy girls. I'm, I'm not against I'm just, that. I'm just pointing out the trend. No, I... I'm just saying that's what he likes to do. But, you know, Stefan, let's all remember how well-adjusted we are, okay? Yeah, exactly. So we open the episode in Dallas, Texas, in a news station three years from now. Caroline is there. She appears to be a news producer. This is a callback to, in season one at Career Night, when she mm -hmm. said she wanted to do broadcast journalism. As she should. She's serving. I'm loving it. She says, okay, people, we go live in 30, so I need that media package done 15 minutes ago. And where are my graphics and B-roll? Jamie, we've got our music, right? And Jamie says, yes, wherever he is. Yeah, she's, she's got all her vocab going. So we know she's in charge here. Her assistant, Tony, comes up. And he says, oh, excuse me, Caroline, your fiancé just called. And she says, he knows that I'm working. Tony says, oh, yeah, that's why he didn't ask to talk to you. He's being sneaky. But, and Caroline says, but your paycheck comes from me, and you know how much I hate surprises. Okay, tell me. Tony says he's curious what your schedule is right before the wedding. And Caroline says, why? And he says, well, I think he wants to plan a trip to Mystic Falls. And she says, he knows we can't go back there. And Tony makes a face like, what do you mean? And she says, okay, I'm going to handle this later. Thank you, Tony. And obviously at this point, you know, we're meant to hope at least that the fiance is Stefan. Were you already suspicious of this at this I point? I was suspicious of it. I mean, because there's no point in doing a time jump episode if they're dating before the jump and engaged yeah. after the jump. Like, that's just boring. Well, yeah, you need another obstacle for them to get back together. Pretty Little Liars, Hannah and Caleb is a classic example. Yeah. But it's in every time jump because you have to have a reason people come back together and then people fall back. So I was not feeling super confident with Stefan, but I couldn't completely get rid of that thought because of he knows we can't go back there. Yeah. Not he knows we can't go there. He knows I don't want to go there. We can't go back. That's an interesting clock. So I just think that's interesting. And let me just say this. If the fiance is Matt, I'm going to kill myself. Okay. And that's a promise. And that's a promise. It's on Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I fear for that because I know they wanted to make Elena end up with Matt. Well, and, you know, they are putting some saturation on these filters lately to make Matt's eyes more blue. And let's face it, he's kind of on the outs with this group. I would honestly think Tyler first, but Tyler's off the show. Yeah. And much as I wish it were somehow Klaus, 
I know that's not the situation. I'm not an idiot. You have to speak it as something you wish were happening. I have to say, like, I would like that to be the case. But why would Klaus be in Dallas, Texas? <laughs> All the love in the world. Yeah, if only this news station were in New Orleans. Honestly, Julie Plex said this news station cannot be in New Orleans. And I think she honestly did Dallas because it's like far enough away. Yeah, she's like, if the Claroline people want to think that they're together... I can't stop them. She's like, but I can make it harder. Like if she had put it in like Nashville, Atlanta, Houston, I think I could have been like, that's close enough to New Orleans as though Atlanta is actually that close to New Orleans. But I would have been there. Dallas is far enough away that I'm like, okay, that's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice to get her away from Klaus. Also, we don't know what's up over on the originals at in this point in the time frame, Especially three years ahead. Exactly. You know? That's what I meant. We go to present day Mystic Falls. It's the cemetery. It's night. There's like some night vision cameras. I did love this scene, just even though we're at the top of it, I'll say it, because I like that it's returning a little bit to a horror show. I like when we do some horror elements, especially with the way, you know, we've said this before. This show is really bloody. We're desensitized to a lot of the like pulling out hearts and snapping necks. Yeah. So I like when we have more of the blood going on. I think it's fun. I do think this did a good job of making the heretic scene scarier because it is much more like Evil Dead, Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. like type of horror. It's a little more aggressive. This is, I do think, a struggle they must have been having with the heretics is how do you make them scary villains and also make the audience like them in the way they liked the originals? So you have to give them like personality traits and standable instances but you yeah. also have to make them scary enough that we take them seriously. And to be fair, I'm not taking the heretic seriously. Even yeah. This does a good job, but you want me to take Mary Louise's ass seriously? She stabbed Caroline with what, three pencils? Well, and Mary Louise, like, the accent is, it's just a little like, okay, girl, we hear it. We got it. Like, at least Nora's doing a standable thing where she's biting someone and taking a selfie. That's her signature. And I'm, yeah. I'm loving that. But she's mm-hmm. the only one really giving anything to me. Yes, I agree. Which is going to be the theme, I, I I think. Yeah, we'll see if anyone comes from behind. But <laughs> yeah. here comes Bo. <laughs> it's looking like Nora's running away with it a little bit. She's running yeah. away with the fan favorite award. Yeah, and I'm making a lot of jokes about Bo, but it's because I find Bo deeply intriguing. Like, he yes. actually is kind of working for me as a well, character. He also has that because, scar, yeah. and he's mute, and he's mysterious. And he's sexy. Yeah, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't butt in where he doesn't belong, unlike Valerie's ass. Yeah, it's it's really giving Nora, Bo, Mary Louise. And then Lily, and then Valerie. So I'm putting Lily above Valerie. You can never make me hate Lily. Do I think Lily's a good character or a good villain? Not necessarily. But I'm ha- I have fun. Y- you can't say she's not fun. Like, are you not entertained by her shenanigans? I am. See, the thing is, she's not a very good villain, but she's such a massive fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like- like, she's just a truly heinous bitch. The thing is, she didn't, like, go in and kill Elena. She's just, she just hid her. She's just, like, so rude to her sons. She's not evil in the traditional sense, but it's like, oh, this woman is deranged, insane. Well, you know, it would have been one thing if she wasn't this rude to them before, you know, Damon killed Malcolm. But she came out of the prison world, even though Damon went in to rescue her and was like, I don't really want to get to know you guys at all. Like, she yeah. never was open to being friends with them. She's just a bitch. And love it. Anyway, there's a girl and a boy going past a no trespassing sign. Amanda and Ryan are their names. Amanda says, are both cameras on? And he says, first one's on, second rolling. They go under a fence 
And Ryan, I guess he's the narrator of this documentary that will never get released. And he says, a few weeks ago, the town of Mystic Falls, a few weeks ago, didn't this happen? This is another problem with season seven. And this started a little bit at the end of season six. They are muddying this timeline. Yeah. Has it been a few weeks? Because they say a couple things that make it seem like this is like the next day after the evacuation. Yeah. Which is weird. So Ryan says, a few weeks ago, the town of Mystic Falls was completely evacuated. Story is, some natural gas leak made it all uninhabitable. But there's been so many rumors, whispers, and just strange things happening in the night. Unexplainable things. Amanda says, okay, tone it down, Blair Witch. You're Blair Witch too, girl. You got the night vision camera on just like him. Yeah, you are here. And you brought all the tools. (laughs) You brought a fucking, like, ghost alarm, okay? If anyone's Blair Witch, it's you. Ryan says, what'd you bring me? She says, full spectrum light, EMF meter. And a thermal camera courtesy of Uncle Fred's graduation money. Uncle Fred said, how about you buy a career coach? Well, this (laughs) is funny. Thermal cameras are not that expensive. Uncle Fred was being a cheapskate as fuck. Yeah. Like, they are not hard to buy. (laughs) Ryan holds up the thermal camera to her and says, oh, look how hot you are. She says, you're (laughs) hilarious. She says, okay, so this thing is supposed to beep if there's some spirit or something supernatural present. And he says, oh, you got that off an infomercial? <laughs> but then it starts beeping. She says, it's working. Mm-hmm. They follow it. And he's like, oh, it's creepy, but it's kind of awesome. And the camera starts to glitch. And mm-hmm. we can see they're outside the Salvatore mausoleum. And we can see Miss Elena napping away in there in her coffin. He tries to open the door to the mausoleum and says, it won't open. No lock. It's just stuck. Looks like there's a coffin in there or something. Yeah, it's a cemetery. And then he looks through the thermal camera at Amanda and he sees two people behind her. One, you can see one of Mary Louise's classic fuck-ass blazers. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, there she go. (laughs) Ryan says there's something behind you. And she says, are you trying to scare me? And then she gets pulled up into the trees. So it worked. (laughs) Yeah. And then she gets dropped, like hit into the wall of the mausoleum. And she leaves like a huge puddle of blood. Ryan checks on her and says, oh, I'll get help, okay? Then he gets attacked and he's screaming. And then Mary Louise gets on camera. And she says, much better than those blood bags. Because, of course, Nora grabbed the camera. Mary Louise says, no screaming, please. And she says, how do you know how to work that device? And Nora's like holding it up and looking at herself in it because it's got the flippy screen. And she says, I don't know how to work it. But like, if these two can figure it out, I'm pretty sure it's idiot proof. And it is. It was already recording. Yeah, I mean, it was recording. She saw them pointing it at them. Like, it's pretty straightforward. She's smart. Nora built for this era. And then here come Matt. He says, let him go. And Mary Louise says, Mystic Falls is ours now. So is any human who steps foot inside of it. A term that they should not have offered. Yeah. Because of course this is what happened. Because all they're doing, it seems, is hanging out waiting for humans to walk in. Yeah. And I mean, they have one guy, maybe two, patrolling. But it seems like it's been two days and so many people have come in already. How about we build a wall? I'm getting ahead of myself. But Whitmore has now gotten even closer to Mystic Falls. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Yeah. Matt says, I said, let him go. So Nora does let him go, but in essence kills him. And then she goes and attacks Matt. Well, she like flings Matt's gun and the gun stabs him in the chest. Oh, okay. I didn't clock it's that. like the, the barrel of the rifle like stabs him. That's very slay. Then we go to the next morning. Matt wakes up in the cemetery. He's got blood all over him and he has like fabric tied around his wrist. Like a tourniquet. Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe it's just me. I personally would do some critical thinking about this and maybe call my friend Bonnie. Well, I I would, you know, at least bring this up to people like, hey, I saw them killing someone, tried to stop them. And then I woke up and it's pretty clear they drained a significant amount of blood from me. Thoughts? Wonder what that is. But it seems like he wakes up and he goes, well, 
off to my day. Yeah, he wakes up. He's like, that was a long night. I guess I'll go back to work, which seems like no one is paying me for because I'm the single cop in this town. I mean, this is the thing. And I know we can't get into like logistics of this evacuation. But if everyone's evacuated, who's stocking the grocery store? Who's paying Matt? Why can Damon call a county office to get the name of who's on the deed? (laughs) How did Lily get the deed? Did she call a lawyer? It's like, I know we're not going to get into all the logistics, but it's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore where Alaric is teaching, you know, one of his classic occult studies classes. And it is packed to the brim in there. Mm-hmm. Rick says, I want to talk about death. I bet you do. Everyone's like, damn. Because we're like, we all read about his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you all hear about his wife? Yeah. And then this one says, actually, they didn't even get married. <laughs> yeah, she died before they got married. <laughs> Rick says more specifically what happens after. Now, I'm not going to pretend my good looks are the reason this class is so full. Everybody laughs because, like, well, it's a part of it, King. It's half that and half that we all read that you don't assign anything and don't grade anything. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of also, both of those. occult studies seems like a layup class regardless. Yeah. And I need a history credit or whatever. Yeah. Humanities credit. <laughs> whatever you want to classify it as. <laughs> Alaric says, I've heard the same stories you have about Mystic Falls. Ghost sightings, poltergeists. Someone shouts, zombies. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even sound right. <laughs> Rick says, let's talk about it. What's behind these stories? And we see Bonnie's in class, even though she took this last semester. Well, she didn't finish it because she went to prison world. <laughs> they need one of them in this class and she's the only one that makes any sense. So I guess it's her. Yeah, She's the only one who's going to class and is not kidnapped. So, yeah. so sure. Put her in the room. Rick says, almost every single culture has the lore of a creature or being that cheats death. Why do our brains insist on inventing the most unbelievable things? Well, it's because the reality of death is actually the most unbelievable thing of all. Okay, but also you know that vampires exist, so. You've personally come back from the dead like seven times. Yeah. So, okay. (laughs) Rick says, now the most terrifying thing you're going to encounter in Mystic Falls is a trespassing ticket. So everyone just stay out. Okay, class is over. Everyone leaves. This does imply that Whitmore is like right next to Mystic Falls, that they're having to like make PSAs to the students to not go there. And also like, I get why you're doing this. You're like, don't go there. That's only going to make people want to go more. And two, people keep going and then not coming back. I know you're covering stuff up, but how much can you cover up? And I mean, listen, if they're covering up the deaths, maybe that's why people keep going. How about you start announcing the deaths? Yeah, say, oh, look, these people came in. We found them passed out and dead. From From the poisonous gas, which doesn't leave the boundaries of the town for some reason. But of course, you know why they can't do that? The newspaper staff got evacuated. They weren't essential workers. (laughs) (laughs) All the students leave except Bonnie. Bonnie goes up to Rick and says, oh, so the great Mystic Falls evacuation plan isn't going well as everyone hoped. And Rick says, well, they turned it into a ghost town. That part worked. Unfortunately for us, ghost towns are like amusement parks for college kids. The heretics have killed 10 people already. Two last night. Idiots looking for a ghost selfie. This is why this deal was so fundamentally flawed. How did you not think this was going to happen? You can't close off an entire town and have no one come in. Like, they're going to kill people eventually. Yeah. Bonnie says, are you okay? Damon told me what you were doing in Europe. And Rick says, oh, losing my money and sanity to a series of con artists? Yeah, don't worry. I'm over it. Me when I lie. lie. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie says, it's okay if you're not. Because you're not. Like, yeah. She said, I know I'm not like one of the kids that you're technically the guardian for. I just kind of know you. But you're welcome to tell me when you're lying. 
She says, honestly, I'm a little offended you didn't come to me first. Alaric says, you wouldn't think it's weird that I'm trying to contact my fiance who's been dead for months? Boy, you are talking to the girl who saved Jeremy Gilbert like four times and he cheated on her with a ghost and didn't even give her a ring. So you know what? You won't hear judgment from her. Bonnie says, honestly, after everything we've experienced, it would be weird if you weren't. And that is true. So many people come back from the dead. Like, it would be weird if you didn't even try to get his fiance back. Yeah, it'd be like, hey, you don't want to even ask? You don't want to ask around? I mean, we've done it a few times. Like, we might as well try something. Yeah. And so Alaric says, hey, Bonnie, have you ever heard of the Phoenix Stone? So we get the name reveal. Phoenix Stone, of course, implies... Phoenix, rising from the ashes. Rising from the ashes, of course. Rebirth. Pretty good one. Potential, I could have guessed it. Bloodstone was a good try. Bloodstone was a good guess. You got blinded by the red. I mean, it was red. Yeah. There's nothing else to say. It was yeah, red. What, what do you want me to say? Sue me. It looked like a marble that looks like blood. Like It looks like a Jolly Rancher. Looks like a little gummy gummy. We go over to some like Dodge Charger or some shit that Stefan is driving. Where'd he get this car? The heretics took his car too. <laughs> no. Stefan is leaving a voicemail for Caroline. It says, hey, Caroline, haven't heard from you. Starting to think maybe you're just using me for random hot makeout sessions, which I'm not entirely opposed to, but give me a call. Why don't people just assume that people are kidnapped if they don't call you back in a day? Yeah, come on, guys. You guys are always on the phone with each other. <laughs> Someone didn't answer. I promise you something's wrong. Yeah. Bo appears in front of the car and Stefan breaks. Now, Stefan, hit him. Keep driving. What's <laughs> it, it's not going to kill him. Yeah. What's he going to do? Scream? <laughs> Classic mute humor. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if Lily's like, you tried to kill Bo, he walked into the road without a crosswalk. Also, so he- all the crossing guards evacuated. Well, and why would I follow traffic laws? There's no traffic cops. Yeah. They evacuated. <laughs> Stefan gets out and says to Bo, oh, can I help you? Bo says nothing like he does. Classic Bo. And Stefan says, it's okay. I speak mute. Just communicate what you want with a series of grunts. And it's like, that's a little weird for Stefan to say. (laughs) It's more of like a Damon line than a Stefan line. And I get he has to be antagonistic, but it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Anyway, so Bo does an aneurysm spell. Yeah, because he's pissed. (laughs) He said, I might not talk, but I'll fuck you up. Yeah. Lily appears. And says, you'll have to excuse Bo. He's not in the mood for glib jokes. None of us are, actually. It seems like Bo is never in the mood for a joke. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is Bo usually in the mood for glib jokes? Has Bo heard a joke? He hangs out with Valerie too much, so I know she ain't joking. Yeah. There's really nothing funny if you're hanging out with Valerie. Yeah. <laughs> Bo releases the spell, and Lily says, you know, I thought we had a deal. Stefan says, yeah, we do. Otherwise, I'd be at home, not out patrolling the streets to keep humans out of your minions' fangs. And Lily says, we found Malcolm in the town square last night, his heart removed. Oh, you didn't know? And Stefan says, no, I didn't because we didn't do it. Stefan's like, I literally made a deal yesterday. Why would I change it? Because this is like, oh, we found Malcolm last night, which we know is the day of this happening. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, so it hasn't been a few weeks. Whatever. So the timeline has changed. <laughs> yeah. Lily says, I'm not here to blame you, Stefan. Kind of seems like you are. I mean, that seems like kind of your thing. She says, I came so you'd understand why we did what we had to do. And Stefan says, and what pray tell is that? We go over to the Salvatore dungeons. Enzo is tying Caroline to a chair with Vervain ropes and says, sorry, love, this will only hurt a second. And she says, hey, hey, quick question. What the hell is wrong with you? She's like, do you not remember being, you know, kept hostage for years and years? Yeah. Do you want to give that experience to someone else? He says, well, someone killed Malcolm. 
Lily needed to retaliate. Kevin says, well, you don't look like Lily. Gagged. And he says, yeah, what's on the lighting? Look, be happy I'm the one who grabbed you. I don't even want to think about what would happen if the others did. I'm the closest thing you have to a friend in here. Let's get off that high horse, okay? Look, Enzo, you're pissing me off because you did kidnap her. But even at this point, it's like, oh, you ha- you do not have the loyalty to them. And you shouldn't have the loyalty to them because the heretics have no loyalty to you. And it becomes clear by the end of the episode that he doesn't have loyalty to any of the heretics. He just wants to kiss Lily, which is even worse. He doesn't even want a family. He just wants a girlfriend. He needs to work that shit out. Go talk to Bonnie. Caroline says, fun tip. Friends don't really like to be tied up with Vervain rope. Enzo says, hush now, deep breath. And he like tightens the ropes. And so he turns to go now that the ropes are nice and tight. And Caroline says, Enzo, please. This hurts really bad. She's so real. She's so served because, yeah, of course it hurts really bad. And so you're supposed to be torturing her. Like, yeah, you should say, yup, bet it does. Bye. Yeah, that's the point. Like, Enzo. But instead, he says, God, I hate whiners. And he goes to loosen the ropes. And immediately, she breaks out and chokes him with the vervain rope. Yeah. You know Caroline well enough by now. She is one of our strongest hand-to-hand fighters. Yeah. When he doesn't really know this part, but like Caroline has been captured and tortured more than most people by her own father, by the way. Yeah. She can get out of this. And especially Enzo, like you are kind of a soft target. I mean, Enzo, remember when she stole your phone by just wanting to kiss you for 10 seconds? And you didn't even want to kiss her and it still worked. Like, you know, she gagged because she really did do the cutesy girl thing and it worked. But Enzo's dumb for falling for it. And I think (laughs) he knows it once he gets choked with the rope. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, okay. He's like, okay, well, that's fair enough. (laughs) I should have seen that one coming. (laughs) He falls to the ground with the rope around his neck. She falls in the chair to break herself out of it. And she grabs one of the legs as a stake and she says, deep breath. And then she stakes him with it, like in the side. To weaken him, so serve. And then she vampire runs to the front door. Unfortunately, Mary Louise is standing by the front door. And she says, leaving so soon. And so Caroline tries to vampire run to the back door. But of course, who's there but Nora? Nora is wearing the jacket she stole from Caroline. And says, I'm wearing your jacket. That's a little bit big on me. (laughs) She is so serve. And so comes up and says, it's all right, you two. I got her. And Nora says, do you? No, it's like, you obviously don't. She's out here. Like, what do you mean you got her? She's in the living room. Mary Louise says, it certainly doesn't look like it. What's the expression? Finders keepers? And then she does a little spell to make Caroline faint. Lily doesn't respect Enzo. These two do not respect him at all. They respect him even less. Because also, like, it's two lesbians. His power being hot and British, that's nothing on two British lesbians. Nullified. Now he just looks like a little baby. Well, and also imagine... Like, Nora and Mary Louise are in the inner workings of this family. They see it as, I think everyone but Lily sees this family as the dysfunctional unit that it is. Yeah. So look at this man who is begging to be in this family, and he's essentially, like, second string, like, house manager. It, I would be making fun of him constantly. What a fucking loser. Yeah, he's, like, a step above the maid they eventually bring in. And the maid's a little closer to him than I think he would like to hear. Yeah. We go over to the Lockwood house. Apparently, this is where Stefan and Damon are moving. Why couldn't you just give the heretics the Lockwood house? It's probably nicer. It was so funny. We went to the Lockwood house and I was like, what are we doing here? (laughs) I was like, Tyler's gone. Damon says, just so we're clear, I'm taking the master bedroom. Carol Lockwood and I had a little thing. I think she'd want me to have it. 
I, I do think Kayla Lockwood would want him to have the master if we're being completely honest. She would if she had to pick. Mm-hmm. Damon says, let's open some windows too. It reeks of dog in here, which is impressive considering Tyler's been with Jeremy for months. With Jeremy is code for <laughs> off the show. Yeah, in quote unquote Santa Fe. So in a way, my guess with the Santa Fe art school having a wolf in the logo did end up being correct. That's actually true. Just in a way that is really not relevant. <laughs> it was so funny when you said that originally, because I was like, she is so stupid. We're never going to go there. It was stupid for me thinking we'd follow Jeremy to Santa Fe. Yeah. I mean, come on. Nobody Stephanie. wants that. Even me as Jeremy Stan. Did I want that truthfully? Be honest. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stefan says, hey, you killed him, didn't you? And Damon says, Tyler, no. Jeremy once, but are we really bringing that up right now? And he's laughing, being jokey. Stefan says, no, it's serious. The heretic. Malcolm. Lily came by earlier. She found him in the town square without a heart. And Damon says, oh, did she want that back? I think I packed it somewhere. Damon's pissing me off this week because he's being a little bit cavalier about the damage he's done. Like, I get wanting to kill one of the heretics. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's a crazy thought because this deal was stupid. Yes. But it is dumb of him to think that because he did it, it wouldn't affect the deal. And to think that, like, because he did it, like, Lily would only retaliate against him. And also, there's no one in the town. Yeah. So if they find a dead heretic, she's going to assume it was someone on your side. And she's going to assume it's either Stefan or Damon because she hates them with her whole heart. Yeah. And so she's going to retaliate against either of them. So, Damon, why would she not use Elena? When it doesn't matter that you did it, like, it's two teams. Yeah. It's not anything more complex than that. If someone on your team does something against their team, there's going to be retaliation. She knows where Elena is because it's not like you hit her that well. And you spelled it, but they're all witches. Not only are they all witches, they're all siphons. Yeah. They don't even have to do a spell. They didn't even have to figure out the spell. They just took the spell away. Yeah. Like, let's lock up the information a little more closely. Let's, I don't know, have a house that you sign the deed over to somebody and put Elena in there. How about that? How about that? But who am I? Stefan says, Lily and I had a deal. And I do maintain, as much as I am anti-Damon's response here, because I think it's stupid and I think he's being cavalier about it, don't think that I have let Stefan off the hook for this awful deal he made. And Stefan should have known this deal wasn't sustainable. With or without Damon's behavior, this deal wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And Damon says a bad deal, and he's right. But Stefan says that's not really relevant because she took Caroline. And Damon says, what? Like, as if no one's ever been kidnapped as retaliation before. You know this move, King. Damon being shocked at Caroline being kidnapped is is dumbassery. Because, yeah, Stefan didn't do it. But, like, obviously they're going to kidnap someone. And they didn't want to kidnap either of you because they want you to come and be, like, the hurt one. So Caroline's right there. Stefan says, to retaliate for breaking our bad deal, she took Caroline. And Damon says, but you weren't the one that did it. Oh, Oh, well, perfect. Go tell that to Lily. Yeah, I was going to say, someone tell Lily. (laughs) (laughs) And Stefan says, I know I wasn't. You were, which is why you're going to go over there and you're going to fix it. This is also, I think, one of the struggles of early season seven is that a lot of our conflicts in the past seasons have been like leveraging Elena to get something from these boys. And we don't have Elena anymore. I mean, they use Elena later, but They're attempting to make Caroline a central female character in the way that Elena was. And as much as I stand Caroline, it's not really working because Stefan and Damon don't have a shared interest in saving Caroline the way that 
they have an Elena. So the stakes feel less high. And also Caroline's been tortured so many times and has almost gotten out. And also these heretics really aren't doing much to her. So it all feels just kind of low stakes. Like they could just let Caroline hang out there. They're not killing her. When I get that, like in a torture situation, you want a vampire because then you can, you know, torture them continuously. Just yeah. Okay. West Maxfield. (laughs) But it makes more sense you know, from a story point of view, from the character motivations to kidnap Bonnie. Yes. Because she's a witch. Bonnie is bad to lose because one, she's the only witch. And two, if she dies, Elena dies. So she just has a little bit more stake connected to her. And I get why she's not, because she has to do her whole thing with this stone and a lurk. But there's a little bit more fear for her. Well, if she dies, Elena doesn't die. That's oh, not how it works. Elena if she dies, back. Elena wakes yes. up. <laughs> I guess maybe that's why I for- I got confused. But I do think you're right that Bonnie is a much more useful hostage in this situation. And also the added bonus of Bonnie did help kill Malcolm. Yeah. But then I think you run into the same problem with Caroline, whereas like Stefan really cares about Caroline, but Damon and Caroline are just kind of friends that, you know, it's not the same drama. Damon really cares about Bonnie, but Stefan and Bonnie are friends. And I mean, whatever, Stefan would fight to get Bonnie back. But there's still like not this person that Stefan and Damon care equally for that Elena was. And I think they're struggling to figure out what to do in place of that. When really, you just don't have to do something in place of that. Do something else. And also this pure of hurt person. Yes. Like not that Caroline and Bonnie are not pure of hurt in their own way. But the way that Elena, when she was kidnapped in these situations, it was always like she's the innocent. Yeah. And we have to go save the innocent. It's gotten far more complex than that. Yeah. So we can't really do the kidnapping thing for no reason. I feel like they're trying to return to form, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Because this is tomb vampire-esque. There is yeah. that period with the tomb vampires where they kidnap Stefan. But the thing is, when they kidnap Stefan, that's like that episode's storyline is yeah. he's kidnapped, we're saving him. This, it's like Caroline's kidnapped, but there's so many other things happening in the episode that it's like, they're not letting one plot like be the star of the episode because they're trying a lot of things, which I understand. Like you're trying to figure out what works. You don't have a lot of time, but it is like, it feels a little bit like they're throwing things to the wall and seeing what sticks. Well, and again, Caroline has been kidnapped so many times in so many more interesting scenarios, her father, the werewolves. You're not watching this and thinking like that Caroline's really ever going to get that hurt by Nora or Mary Louise. Yeah. It feels very much like, Caroline being kidnapped is more just a way to give Mary Louise and Nora screen time. It just seems like it's a way for us to get to know the heretics better, which is fine. Like, you could also get to know them better by just, you know, a, a factor of the story. Like, like they don't have to kidnap Caroline. Like, have them have, like, a, a tense lunch. I don't know. But, you know, that would make more sense if people were in the town. Well, here's what they could do. Now, I'm not saying this would be totally perfect, but I think this fits with the show. Now that these two groups are living in Mystic Falls side by side, there's a perhaps reason to form a new kind of town council. And then there's a town council meeting and there's the tension because this week, say Nora and Mary Louise are representing the heretics and we have Matt there and we have Caroline and there's like a tense lunch. Sure. It just, there's other ways we can get to know Nora and Mary Louise without kidnapping Caroline in a way that feels low stakes. You kind of have to repilot. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a community season five yeah he's a teacher now it's scrubs it's a teaching hospital like you kind of have to form this in some way because it is also there are so many of the heretics i am under the assumption and i think this is very fair that these relationships will get muddied it's not going to be antagonist protagonist the whole time Mm -hmm. there are going to be some alliances formed and some mixing up because lily can't hold on to this forever there are other people you know and so there are ways to kind of build 
I think the Nora Mary Louise Caroline triad makes a lot of sense in one of those relationships that becomes a little bit more like we're the bitchy girls, you know? I get the idea of making that happen with kidnapping, but I think you could make all the character growth and building and whatever that we see in those three today, we could have done at lunch. And this is where they trap themselves into having to do the kidnapping. They evacuated the fucking town. Yeah. We don't have other activities. Rebecca had like experiencing high school and dealing with high school drama and seeing Elena as a representative of all the things she hated about high school because Elena was popular, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I really think a lot of this could be avoided if when we get the heretics there, there's whatever, you know, some drama. Everyone gets the same Mystic Falls, but there is a town council that is heretics and our team. And it is like a repilot where now we're the council. I think that could have been useful. Keep everyone in town. Nora and Mary Louise are causing shit at the grill because they're trying to have a fun time bothering other people, like, you know, being evil in some way. We have to go to the grill and, you know, run interference between them and the town. Like, that's worked in the past. I don't really know why we had to take all the other people out of it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. We go over to the Salvatore house. Damon knocks on the door and Lily answers. He says, hello, mother. She's not entertained. She says, may I help you? Yeah. He says a couple things. A, who is that? It's a maid vacuuming. Use your context clues. Lily says, oh, Lucy, she's the kind woman I've hired to clean up this house you let fall into disrepair. So why didn't she have to evacuate? And so as soon as I see her, I'm like, well, her name's on the fucking deed. Like, Damon's not getting in this house, which is not right at this moment, but he's still not getting in the house. Yeah. Lily says, Lucy, could you clean the welcome mat, please? This man was just leaving. And Damon says, B, no, I'm not. I think there's been a bit of a mix-up. Okay, so last night I was in the town square minding my own business. When I tripped and accidentally ripped Malcolm's heart out. And Lily says, oh, deflecting, of course. You never could admit when you were wrong. Yeah, she's super going to respond to the jokey. Like, yes, this is, I don't know why Damon thought this was the move. This is stupid. He's deflecting, but he needs to be serious. You need to take this a little bit more seriously. Although we just said how low stakes the kidnapping is. And I'm like, you need to take it serious. I'm not even taking it seriously. I'm not taking it seriously, but I'm not the one in charge of saving her. Yeah, but I'm not Damon Salvatore. I'm not in the show. Also, have you met Lily? She's not like a funny girl. She doesn't respond to jokes and she doesn't respond to you. So what do you think she's going to respond to in this? Yeah. Oh, you're laughing? That's not fucking funny to me. I hate your ass. (laughs) Damon says, okay, I admit it. I killed him in cold blood. Just like that. Stefan and Caroline had nothing to do with it. So if you'll kindly let her go. Lily says, Malcolm was a very powerful heretic, Damon. I have a hard time believing you acted alone. Kind of got him there. Yeah. Damon says, well, I'm pretty awesome. In fact, so awesome that I'm a much better hostage than Blondie. So if you'll just swap us out. Lily says, I'm afraid my family finds you much less awesome than you do. He said, ouch. He said, okay, well, I didn't really need to hear that. But Damon says, wait, and he tries to go in, but then he's stuck at the threshold. And he says, that's odd. Why can't I walk into my own house? And she says, oh, because it's no longer your house. And I have the deed to prove it. Now, if you don't mind, I have to go get ready to bury my son. She closes the door. Did y'all leave the deed in the house? Like, what exactly did you not give her? Did you not evacuate the lawyers who can write up a deed? Did you not evacuate the one notary in town? Because she couldn't just get a new deed without a notary. (laughs) And this is like the oldest trick in the book, is to get a new deed for a house. So you gave her your house. Did you honestly think she wasn't going to rewrite the deed? Are you idiots? She doesn't like you guys. She doesn't want her in her house. This is the easiest way to keep a vampire out. 
It is season goddamn seven. Nobody packed the deed. I'm not sure what they packed at all. By the time the family, like by the time the Heotix was moving in, Damon was just finding out about it. So this squarely falls on Stefan, by the way. It does. This does. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that easily. <laughs> it's idiocy. We go over to Alaric's apartment. Alaric has the Phoenix Stone and he says, an old contact of mine at Duke told me about it. It's supposed to have resuscitative powers. Man, all that knowledge at Duke. Still. What's going on at Duke? <laughs> Bonnie says, as in it can bring somebody back from the dead. And Rick says, that's why I didn't tell you, because I was avoiding that look. She's not looking at you like anything. She's come back a bunch. She's come back a bunch. She's brought people back a bunch. She's brought people to death on the other side. Like, yeah, this line is blurred for her. She's like, you're telling me there's a stone that can do that? She said, well, where was this? Why, why didn't I go to Duke? <laughs> why didn't I go to the New York Maritime Museum? Yeah, this would have saved me a whole bunch of time. She says, where'd you find it? He says, remember that night in New York? And she says, the night you passed out on the floor of the bar? And then she remembers he was probably faking it and says, the night you pretended to pass out on the floor of the bar. This has got to be quite humbling for Mr. Alaric. Mm -hmm. How much of an alcoholic do you have to be that you pass out on the floor of a bar and your friends don't even blink an eye? It's just like a normal night. Yeah, everyone's like classic Alaric. So he's laying like on the floor of this bar, stone cold sober. And Damon and Bonnie are like, that's Alaric. And he's like, is this what they think of me? They're just falling for this? He said, I got to get this under control. He's like, guess I didn't need to pee my pants to sell it. <laughs> Rick says, well, I snuck into the Maritime Museum. There's something about the detail of it being the Maritime Museum that is so funny. It's so funny. Like, okay. Look, I, I recognize that probably their reasoning for that is that the stone was on the boat at some point. Yes. But everything that's been on a boat doesn't automatically go to the Maritime Museum. Especially just like a random boat that went to the harbor and burned. It wasn't like it was on the Titanic. <laughs> and I know that it has to be somewhere that like Lily is also tracking it down because remember she's looking for it. Yes. But it could have very easily just been with a Lurik's colleague in Duke. I do want to bring up that, you know, the idea of Lily wants this stone because we now have confirmed that it's for resuscitation, which I think I guessed, but now we have it confirmed. I'm sure we brought this up last week, but in case we didn't, it's of course the question of who she wants to bring back. That is a great question. And she wanted this stone before Malcolm was dead. So what does that make you think? That there's some other person she wants to bring back. Like who? That is the question I'm thinking. And after her behavior today, I'm worried it's Giuseppe. Because maybe she actually fucks with him. She laughed when she found out he died. Yeah, I don't. I don't, think she I don't think it's Giuseppe, but it's just something to bring up. I don't think it's Malcolm that she was originally concerned about. I, don't get me wrong; I think she would bring him back now if she could. But I think there's someone else in the mix. Mm -hmm. So Rick says, "I snuck into the Maritime Museum because this was on display there." And Bonnie looks at it and she says, "It's certainly pretty, but I don't feel any magic emanating from it." And he says, "Well, you're officially more honest than anyone I saw in Europe." Bonnie closes her eyes and he says, hey, what are you doing? And she says, well, sometimes witches will conceal a powerful talisman or relic by hiding the magic inside of it. How is that different than normal? I know. How would it not have been emanating from it? Isn't magic inside of everything? Like, wasn't it in the moonstone technically? So I guess it's just more inside. I don't know. Like this, this line was one of those things that I was like, you could have just said you felt the magic immediately. Like, why did we need to have this line about Rick being lied to. We know he was lied to. Like, yeah. why did we add this lore to it? So she focuses on it. The fire in the fireplace swells. So we're like, oh, it's magic. They give away. And Bonnie sees like quick flashes of bloody people screaming. And she mm -hmm. drops the stone. Rick says, what happened? 
And Bonnie says, I don't know. I saw something. People dying. There's something wrong with that stone, Rick. Something evil. And he just sits there. Yeah, no reaction from him. (laughs) And she says, but your friend from Duke told you that, didn't she? Which is why you waited until you were flat out desperate before you told me about it. You can't mess with that magic, Rick. We have to destroy it. Alex, like, when'd you get so smart? Yeah, he said, hey. (laughs) So what do you make of this? That's a a great question that I just had a thought for. I saw you writing a note. (laughs) So I think any sort of stone like this, the answer is kind of like, it brings people back to life because it's magic. We don't necessarily need more than that. But (laughs) But you're going to give it Maybe we do. Maybe we do. So I think, you know, we get some more flashes later that are informative of this, but we'll get to that when we get to that. I think because I'm sticking with my blood thought, because that's right, is that the way that this stone brings people back to life is it you sacrificed people and the blood within that stone, that life force is what keeps people alive and resuscitated. Okay. With that stone. Sure. So I think it's a sacrifice situation. Okay, that makes sense. And that's what the flashes were of, were of the sacrifice. Okay. I think that's an interesting guess. Can I ask you? Scared. Well, here's what I want to ask you. It's called the Phoenix Stone. Mm-hmm. What can you connect with a phoenix that the images can conjure up, if anything? What I connect to a phoenix, of course, is fire. Sure. And we didn't get any flashes of fire, really. Yeah. We got a lot of blood. I mean, phoenixes are also just resuscitation, but I want you to consider the name of the stone because you're connecting it a lot to blood. Yeah. And it is not called the bloodstone. It is called the phoenix stone. I just want to keep that in your mind is that the name of the stone could have perhaps a clue. See, and I'll say something, and I think it's wrong, and I think it's actually kind of stupid. Okay. But I'm going to say it. You know, I'm going to stick with this sacrifice idea, but to bring a phoenix in, because we sure. didn't see fire. This is so dumb. Maybe all the scratches from the blood are from birds. <laughs> like their beaks. So what do you mean? In like what way? Be- like the beaks of the birds are what cut them. So they got sacrificed by being pecked at by birds? Essentially. Not pecked, like slashed by birds. Okay. Maybe the little X scar, that that has something to do with bird lore. Let's connect it to birds. Why not? We haven't introduced a new supernatural creature in a while. Do you think a phoenix is a supernatural creature we could potentially meet? Mm. That perhaps using the phoenix stone makes you become a phoenix. I don't know that using the stone would make you become a phoenix. I could see that the phoenix stone came from a phoenix in some way. I know that sounds like the same thing. No, I hear what you're saying. Like a phoenix can create this stone or give this power. But then does the phoenix sacrifice their power to do so by giving that? I would think so. Like from the ashes of a phoenix, you pull this stone. Okay. Let's say that. And also there's blood involved. Somehow. (laughs) So do you think phoenixes exist in the Vampire Diaries universe? I think they could, but I don't think they're like people. Like I think it would literally be a bird. Like I don't think there's a person. You don't think we're going to meet a phoenix? No, but now I'm worried we are. But I I lean no. Just want to ask. We go over to the Lockwood house. Damon is returning and Stefan says, I only hear one set of footsteps. And Damon says, and I only hear righteous I told you so's. Now, Damon, let's come in with our tail between our legs a little bit. Yeah, Damon, you, you're kind of in the wrong here. Stefan shouldn't be getting the glibness from you. Damon says, I offered Lily myself. She declined. And Stefan says, well, looks like nobody wants you around, do they? <laughs> he got him there. Got him. <laughs> Damon sees like blueprints on the desk and says, ah, planning a little midnight raid through the tunnels. Might be a tiny problem with that. We no longer own the house, i.e. we can't get in. 
And Stefan says, well, we should have seen that coming. It's season fucking seven. Stefan's like, well, I guess, you know, I should have hidden the deed better than in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. Damon says, have no fear. I have a call in with the registrar's office and I will find out exactly who does own the house in a matter of minutes. At which point we kill said person, storm the castle, save your damsel. Number one, as I've been saying all episode, did they not evacuate? Yeah. Number two, I mean, I know it's not the maid, but they should have suspected it was the maid. Yeah, start with the maid. Start with the maid, kill her. I think that he could easily have tried to kill the maid and then he still can't get in and then it's this. Yeah. But then also, why are we referencing the paperwork of it too much? Yeah. I would have accepted like, I'm going to figure out who it belongs to and then somehow they figure out its map. I really don't care who what government employee you called. And look- Maybe the justification is that there's a registrar's office that covers a lot of cities. Sure, like a county. That could be. But then if we're going to get into that details of the paperwork, like just say I called the county registrar. Or just say I went to the county registrar and compelled them to tell me who owns the house. Yeah, and it's Matt. Calling them implies he didn't compel anyone. Like he went through the proper channels. Well, he wants to be human. <laughs> he's, <practicing>. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's testing it out. <laughs> And it was pretty easy because so many people evacuated. There was no hold line. Yeah, he, he's like, I don't know why everyone complains about going to these offices. It was empty. <laughs> Stefan says, you're really enjoying this, aren't you? And Damon, again, he's having a little bit too much fun. He says, I got 60 years to kill. Having an enemy, a nemesis, a maniacal villain with maniacal villain motives. You kidding me? It's not the worst distraction in the world. We'll see if you're still saying that when she throws Elena down the river. Yeah, it'll stop being funny pretty quick. I mean, chill it out. Stop with the glib. Like... No one finds you as funny as Elena does. Unfortunately, you're at the bottom of a lot of lists right now. Yeah. Stefan says, you know, it's funny you think she's the villain when you're the one who killed one of her loved ones. And this is a low blow, but it is kind of right that Stefan's like, you did instigate this. Yeah. He usually won't side with Lily, but he's like, this time I kind of have to. I do. I understand siding with Lily because like he did kill one of her loved ones. But there's something so stupid about Malcolm being one of her loved ones, which yeah. like Damon has to separate because he is one of her loved ones. He can't be jokey about it because like it's not jokey to her. Damon is just I mean, he's got those mommy issues. There's a part of Damon that wanted to kill Malcolm to spite Lily, obviously. He's jealous of her calling this dude her eldest son when Damon is literally her eldest son. Yeah. And I empathize. I do. Yeah. Damon says, are you taking her side? And Stefan says, no, but I'm definitely not taking yours. Lily's doing her work here. She's fucking these two up. She's got them. <laughs> we go over to the Salvatore house. Caroline is hanging from the ceiling with a chain. Her feet are barely touching the ground. So she's a little bit in pain. She comes to and she says, what did you do to me? Mary Louise is there and she says, what Lorenzo should have done. Vervain. And Caroline says, oh, well, it hurts. And Mary Louise says, yes. Mary Louise like, that shit isn't going to work on me. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Louise says, my family ran a slaughterhouse when I was growing up. And it's like, oh, that's good backstory. I'm interested by that. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by her. I, that, like, okay, cool. Yeah, I like that. She says, which was all well and good until they found out I'm a siphon freak of nature. Then they were more than happy to hang me with the cattle. So Ben there, sister. Just be happy I didn't hang you from your feet like we do with the cows. Kai had it easy. This bitch was hanging in a slaughterhouse. Yeah. And Kai was just getting yelled at by his dad. Anyway. Anyway. Caroline says, hey, what do you want from me? And Mary Louise says... We have a burial to go to. My girlfriend thinks your outfit has to be fashion forward, and I disagree. What do you think? And Mary Lou says, Nora, show us. And then she turns to Caroline and says, help us, and perhaps I can find a small stool for you to stand on. Nora says, off screen, she says, I feel silly. And Mary Louise says, I'm sure you're beautiful, my love. 
Made me a woman like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nora says, nobody wears this anymore. And Mary Louise says, come on, you wore that dress to Queen Victoria's funeral. It's stunning. Nora comes out and she is giving 1903 for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not fashion forward. That's obvious. Let's say that. It is a very like sleigh outfit for 1903. But it's it's not the time. Yeah. Caroline laughs. Because she's sitting here. These two are fighting. She's like, my girlfriend wants to look fashion forward. And she comes out in this. I'm sorry. It's funny. I'm giggling. Nora says, see, and runs off. And Mary Louise goes to Caroline and she says, I asked for advice, not mockery. And Caroline says, well, you should listen to your girlfriend because that dress, and she sees that Mary Louise is mad, so she doesn't finish that sentence. She says, look, my best friend used to live here. She had good style. I'm sure a couple of her dresses are in a closet somewhere. One thing about Elena Gilbert is she was always going to eat up a little black dress. Yeah. Funeral or event otherwise, you put her in a little black dress, she's eating up the girlies. Lest we forget, Miss Mystic Falls in season four when she had that fishtail braid. I mean, she's going to serve and she's going to be fashion forward. And as fashion forward as Nora needs to be, because yeah. she might be a couple of years off, but I doubt it'll be bad. Exactly. Mary Louise says, I'm curious. What do you think of this color? She holds up a super sharp pencil of eyeliner. So Caroline sees where this is going. So she says, great, super vivid, will really make your eyes pop. And mm-hmm. Mary Louise says, do you think it'll make your eyes pop? And gets ready to stab her eye with it. Mm-hmm. Caroline says, okay, well, I set you up for that one. Caroline said, well, I don't know what I thought you were going to do. And then Mary Louise takes it away and says, don't you ever embarrass my girlfriend again. And she stabs her with the pencil, but not in the eye. We check in downstairs. Enzo is pouring himself a bourbon. So now he gets all the bourbon in the house. Yeah, because they didn't pack that either. Enzo is like overhearing the torture and clearly it like affects him. He's not happy to hear it. And Lily comes in and says, oh, Lorenzo, I assumed you'd be watching over our house guest. And he says, yeah, that was the plan until she wrapped the Vervain-soaked rope around my neck and ran away. Lily says, she's escaped? I just caused emotional warfare on Damon. And if she's out, I did it for nothing. She escaped? It's been two hours. She's like, you are all children to me. (laughs) Enzo says, temporarily. You know, Mary Louise and Nora managed to catch her. So now it's a no boys allowed zone. And Lily says, how unfortunate for her. And Enzo says, you promised she wouldn't be hurt. And Lily says, yeah, you promised she wouldn't escape. Unfortunately, Lily got his ass there. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're the one who couldn't even hold on to a captive. And you were captive for years. How did you not learn from that? Yeah, you should know how to hold on to a captive better than anyone. Yeah. Did you not at some point try the, oh, it hurts, Dr. Whitmore? Dr. Whitmore said, shut up. (laughs) Dr. Whitmore said, let me see your eyes. (laughs) Oh, you think that hurts? (laughs) I'm going to take out your kidney again. (laughs) Lily says, we're leaving for the cemetery in a few hours. I'm sure she can survive until then. I would invite you, but we need someone to stay here at the house. Like they don't have a maid. Isn't that the point of the maid? Like she just doesn't want to invite him because he doesn't know Malcolm that well. Yeah. And I do understand that like if the maid is there, the stakes are much lower for them to get in the house and get Caroline. Yeah, But it is like, Enzo should be able to go if the fortress is as impenetrable as you think. Yeah. Anyway, Caroline screams and Lily goes away. And then in come Valerie. And it's like, oh my God, here we go with you. Every time she comes in, it really is like, ugh. Not you. (laughs) She's worse than Lily. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Valerie says, I know it's not fair, but Lily usually lets Mary Louise and Nora get away with murder. And I would too, bitch. And they should be allowed to because they're sexy when they do it. Yes. Valerie says, you can still get what you want. You just have to go around her. And Enzo says, spare me the family politics. You're going to have to learn the family politics if you want to be their dad, Enzo. Yeah. Don't you want to know what the deal is with your kids? Yeah. With your stepchildren? Don't you want to be the father that stepped up? 
<laughs> Caroline screams again. Valerie says, you chose your side. Right or wrong, there's no going back. And Enzo says, so I should condone someone I care about getting tortured. And Valerie says, no, you should just stop caring about her. Enzo says, thanks. And he leaves. And so like, how was that helpful? What exactly did you give me? Did you think that was helpful to me? <laughs> Valerie, seriously, did that seem to do anything? Do you think before you speak? <laughs> we go over to Whitmore. Bonnie gets a call from Damon. She answers it and says, Bonnie Bennett, destroyer of dreams. And Damon says, I take it things didn't go well with Rick. Bonnie says he wants to bring Joe back to life with a stone filled with evil incarnate. And Damon says, yeah, that sounds about right. How long do we have before this evil engulfs the world? Just trying to plan my week. <laughs> Hysterical. Bonnie says, I convinced him to drop it in a vat of acid. So I think we're good. And I'm not going to double check anything. He told me he would drop it in a vat of acid. And I'm going to just let him do that by himself in his own time. Bonnie says, how are you? And Damon says, I'm just trying to figure out how to break into my own damn house. I no longer own it. Lily signed over the deed. Well, how about this? Bonnie goes in. Before we even get to the rest of this bullshit, Bonnie and Matt go in. Bonnie says, why would she do that? Why would anyone sign over a deed, girl? So Damon can't get in. Damon says, probably because she didn't want us to rescue Caroline. And Bonnie says, she took Caroline. When? Why didn't you tell me? Damon says, because I'm going to get her back and I didn't want you to do the very thing you're about to do. And she says, it's because we killed Malcolm. This is all my fault. And Damon says, yep, there she goes. Damon says, listen, killing Malcolm was classic Damon. It has nothing to do with you. Everybody knows that. And Bonnie says, so you're covering for me. And Damon says, because I need your head in the game. I have a mission for you. It involves the person who owns my house. We go out to the streets somewhere. Matt is shooting glass bottles off of cars. And all the cars are abandoned and opened as if it's a scene from The Walking Dead. Everyone drove out of town. <laughs> they all let, like they all evacuated. Everyone took their car. And it's, it's just a little silliness. It is. <laughs> they want to make it look abandoned. <laughs> it's just for the vibes. I get it. Bonnie approaches and says, hey. And <laughs> Matt pretty quickly points his gun at her. Bonnie says, hey, not a heretic. Matt says, sorry, rough day. You want to elaborate on that? Because it's a clue. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a lot of information in that rough day. Bonnie says, hey, not to be the bearer of bad news, but it's about to get rougher. And they sit on a porch and Matt says, so I own the Salvatore house. And Bonnie says, yeah, it's pretty brilliant, really. They drain the vervain from your blood, compel you to sign the deed, compel you not to invite Stefan and Damon in, compel you to forget any of it ever happened, and bingo. The house is an impenetrable fortress and vampires can't rescue Caroline. Matt's like, how many people are compelling me? <laughs> Gotta give it to Lily. This plan is super, super slight. To compel someone on their own team to own the house and forget, ooh, it's good. Well, and to Lily's mind, she's like, they're not going to kill one of their friends. Girl, you don't know Matt. Girl, you haven't been watching. They will. He will be dying. Matt <laughs> jumped in a pool and almost killed himself once. Yeah. Okay, he'll die. And that was early in the show, by the way. Matt says, great. So the only way to break the seal is for me to die. Bonnie, please tell me that's not the plan. The plan should not be to kill Matt and do this. There's actually a really simple plan here. Number one, they know there's a funeral today because yeah. she mentioned to Damon, we're going to go bury my son. Safe to assume yeah. all the heretics are going. Enzo may or may not be there. If the plan is anyway, for Damon to go to the front door and distract someone while Stefan goes through the tunnels, why doesn't Matt just go through the tunnels? Mm -hmm. And Damon can still distract Enzo. Or here's this. I get that Matt was compelled to not invite Stefano Damon in. How about you compel him to let them in? Yeah. 
Just a thought. It just feels like going straight to stop Matt's hurt is extreme. It feels a little targeted towards Matt, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it just feels like you have Bonnie and Matt. I feel like Bonnie would be the first choice because she can defend herself magically if she runs into someone. Send Matt and Bonnie in together so Bonnie can be lookout, do magic, and Stefan and Damon can be at the front door to distract Enzo or whoever. It just feels like we're overcomplicating this plan. It just feels like there are a lot of options here. This is, it's the same thing that it's like, you guys didn't need to make this this complicated. There are other paths that we've seen in your lore work. So why are we doing this? Matt could have gone to the door and said, hey, I need to talk to you. Like, Nora and Mary Louise are out of control. Let's brainstorm some what Like, it's stupid. And then if he gets suspicious that Bonnie's walking in the back door, shoot him. Yeah, he'll wake up. Or, you know, this, I'm not even saying we do this because this would be so boring. Send Matt to the registrar's office. And say, hey, can I sign this deed over to Stefan Salvatore? That's like so true. Like, I know that that's outside the bounds of this show. And we don't even need it because there are other magic paths. But like, what, you're going to get stuck in the line? No, it's going to be a quick journey. They didn't compel you to never give the house away, did they? They should have. But like, I mean, there are just too many options around this. We really didn't need to do all this. And also because the only person you have to distract is Enzo. A cardboard cutout could distract Enzo. Yeah. Just have it play a speaker that says, I love you. Yeah, get him one of those... You know those robots where they te- where they see if monkeys care about a nurturing robot that has fur or steel robot that has food? Give him the robot with the fur. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, but the joke <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think you did. But, <laughs> but I get you explained it well. <laughs> Bonnie says, what do you think about letting me use magic to stop your heart? And Matt groans. Matt says, I don't love it. <laughs> It's not my ideal. (laughs) He says, you're going to kill me. And she says, temporarily. She says, I didn't say kill you. I said, stop your heart. I was very careful about that. He says, won't it all reset when I wake up? And Bonnie says, no, once you die, the threshold spell is broken. If they want to reseal the house, they'll have to sign over the deed to someone else. This is the other problem with just breaking this seal because they can reseal it as soon as they find out it's unsealed. You might as well work around the seal they already have. Especially because, I mean, you saw where she left the deed. She didn't hide the deed either. Yeah. It just feels like we can figure this out in so many ways. Yes. Matt says, so Damon screws up, Caroline gets grabbed, and I end up dead. Doesn't it ever feel like we're fighting the wrong enemy? And you cannot blame Matt for being mad about this. Like, as much as I'm like, you're on the vampire side, you kind of have to get over it, like, He really is there by default right now. Like, and this isn't fair. And the only reason he's staying in town is to protect the humans. He doesn't even want to be on this side. And it took two days for Damon to kill someone to put them all in danger. And all of them are dealing with the fact that Mystic Falls is not the town they once knew. Matt is dealing with it much more than everyone else. Again, not to be a Matt Donovan defender, but... But, like, he became a cop to protect this town. Stupid as the cop thing is. And then he watched all of his fellow trainees get slaughtered in front of him he watched his childhood home get evacuated his family is gone yeah elena's gone even his chosen family has changed his favorite people in the group are gone elena's asleep tyler and jeremy are gone matt likes bonnie but now she's killing him so yeah it sucks to be him bonnie says we don't have time for a debate matt Caroline needs us. Are you in or are you out? It's like, you do have time for debate. 
Matt doesn't want to have a debate. How about we have time for some brainstorms of other plans? It seems like they're like, you can't really say no to this. Like, we're going to stop your hurt. So can you just say yes so we don't feel bad about it? Later, Damon specifically says, like, he knows I'll kill him otherwise. So everyone's cool with Damon now killing Matt now that Elena's dead? Yeah, it sucks to be Matt. It really does. We go to the Salvatore house. Caroline is suffering. And then Valerie comes up and she says, ouch, Nora or Mary Louise? And Caroline says, Mary Louise. And Valerie says, lucky, she's the nice one. And Caroline says, not if you laugh at Nora. <laughs> it is so funny. She's got just little things sticking out of her. Yeah. Little scissors, little pencil. Valerie says, you didn't laugh at Nora. And Caroline says, I couldn't help it. Valerie does put a book at Caroline's feet to ease some of the pressure. And Caroline says, that dress. And Valerie says, the Queen Victoria one? You shouldn't have said anything. It would have been hilarious. And Caroline says, what, you don't get along with them? Because she's looking for cracks. And also, Valerie's being a little friendly to Caroline. Mm -hmm. Wonder if she's got any ulterior motives. She's got ulterior motives. She does not like Caroline at all. Why is that? She she doesn't want competition for Stefan, which I think is stupid because Valerie, the competition is not there. She's being silly. But hey, there are still cracks here to look at. Whether yeah. I mean, Valerie is just doing this for her own needs, but she doesn't fuck with Mary Louise and Nora. Yeah. Like she's still showing her cards a little bit more than she should. Mm -hmm. Valerie says, once I made a snide comment about Nora's hair and Mary Louise poisoned my food for a month. Valerie pulls all the stuff out of Caroline. And Valerie says, they're the worst, but I can help. She does a spell. And Mary Louise comes in and she says, why the hell are you in here? Yeah, me too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> me whenever she comes on screen. Valerie says, I was looking for this. It's the eyeliner. And she says, I heard of this new fashion trend called hooker chic. I figured you'd have something. Thanks. She goes, number one, if anyone has a hooker chic thing, it's Nora. Number two, Valerie, you can't pull off hooker chic. Not in that high neck dress you've got on. You dress business casual. You're not ready for the level of slut you'd have to be in this decade, okay? 1903, biggest whore you've ever met is like a Mormon now, okay? Yeah. You're not prepared. Nora's going to beat your ass every time. Valerie leaves and Mary Louise says, what did she say to you? And she kicks the book away from her feet and she grabs Caroline's arm, but it burns her. And Mary Louise mm -hmm. says, that bitch. Good thing I don't need to touch you to do this. And she injects her with Vervain. Nora comes in and says, wrap it up. Let's go. Lily's waiting. Mary Louise says, what about Oscar? And Nora says he's not back yet. And apparently his errand is too important. Mary Louise says, of course it is. Meanwhile, we're stuck here until he's done. What do you think Oscar's errand is? Probably getting the Phoenix Stone. Okay. I don't know what else he'd be up to. Sure. We finally get a look at Nora's funeral dress that she picked. It is so pretty little liars coated. She's got like a lace covered midriff. It's strapless. It's mini, mini. It's like a bandeau top with lace to cover the rest. It's an absolute serve. She's eating everybody up at the at the funeral. Easily. It's not even a contest. Caroline looks at it and says, cute. And Nora says, thank you. And then Caroline faints from the ravine. <laughs> we go over to some porch where Bonnie is, you know, getting ready to stop Matt's hurt. And she says, six minutes. That's how long your hurt can be stopped before anything bad happens to you. Okay. Good, good thing we know that. Sure. <laughs> Matt says, which doesn't matter because you're only going to stop it for 10 seconds, right? Fair enough. He's like, we don't need that much time, though, is the thing. Yeah, six minutes is a long time. Bonnie says, Matt, if you don't want to do this, girl, he doesn't. He doesn't. He feels forced into it. Don't offer it if you're not going to stop. Yeah. Matt says, no, it's fine. It's for Caroline. Let's just do it. He's like, let's get this over with so I can go back to my day. So Bonnie sets a timer and she does a spell and his heartbeat slows down and stops. We go out to the woods. Stefan and Damon are walking together. 
Stefan says he's never going to agree to it. You're already walking to the house, so you know he is, actually. Yeah. Damon says Donovan knows plan B is simply kill him. Stefan says, well, it is good to see your morality is holding up in Elena's absence. And Damon says, so are you and Care Bear a thing now? Because he's like, no, let's talk about this. And Stefan says, I'm not doing this with you. Damon says, I'm just saying, when a guy is willing to let another guy die so his girl can live, there's usually something cooking in the kitchen. And Stefan's like, well, it's just Matt. Stefan says, <laughs> I'm not willing to let Matt die. And Damon gets a text from Bonnie that says, we're good. And Damon says, you just did, bro. Seals down. I'll take the front door. Enjoy the tunnels. We go over to a Whitmore classroom. Rick is in his science bag. He has a beaker full of acid. He's got safety goggles on. He drops a rock into the acid and it dissolves. It's like, okay, sure. And Rick says, wow, that works. Good to know. He holds the Phoenix stone like he's about to drop it into the acid. And then he puts it down, takes off his goggles, and takes out a picture of him and Joe. And obviously he's having second thoughts about putting this thing in acid. Yeah, which shocker. Because if he wasn't having second thoughts, he would have tested it on the rock that actually needed to be destroyed. We go back to the porch. Bonnie is looking at Matt. So it's already been more than 10 seconds because she took a break to text Damon before she brought him back to life. Yeah, she texted we're good while he was still dead. Yeah. She's about to start his heart again, but then she has like Phoenix stone visions again. It's more bloody people, but this time we get a couple close-ups of X-shaped scars and she passes out. The one that we notably have seen on Bo and saw in the flash forward on Stefan. Yes. And that you think is somehow bird related? Sure. Why not? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Girl, I guess. (laughs) We go over to the Salvador house. Damon is at the door. And this time Enzo answers. And Damon says, hello there, old friend. They haven't spoken in months. Yeah, emphasis on old. Yeah. Enzo says, you'll have to excuse me for not responding to that particular term of endearment. May I help you? Gagged. And Damon says, you can. I don't know if you know this, but last night Lily kidnapped Caroline. Not very cool. So I know we've had our issues, but I also know you're not like Lily's crazy ticks. So I was thinking, help me get her back. Crazy ticks is insane. You can barely tell it means heretics. Yeah. (laughs) You, You got rid of the more distinguishable part of the word. I was like, Lily doesn't have any ticks. <laughs> like, Enzo says, mm, that would be foolish of me considering I'm the one who kidnapped her. And Damon says, wow, you know, I never thought I'd see the day when you choose to be Lily's errand boy over us. But, and Enzo says, oh, I chose you and your friends many times. Many times you and your friends chose each other over me. Okay, number one, we've talked about this at length before. Why would they choose you over their friends? You barely know these people. But second- When have you chosen him and his friends many times? Was it when you made his brother murder you? The one I can think of is when he chose them over the Travelers, but that's because this side was offering to bring him back to life. And also the Travelers didn't want his ass. Yeah. He's chosen this group by like hanging out, you know, on the edge and being like, you guys want to let me in? And just says, let's just say Lily and I have similar views on loyalty. I know that's not true. Yeah, I'm not even touching that. (laughs) Enzo, wake up, buddy. And Damon does say, you know she abandoned her entire family once. Who's to say she won't do it again? And Enzo (laughs) says, she didn't abandon her family. She merely abandoned her relatives. There's a difference. Oh, she's got you manipulated to hell. Here's the thing. You're not going to abandon your family when you're in a prison world with only your family. There's no one to abandon them for. I think she's got an abandonment streak in her. And her favorite's already dead, so the 
the line is getting blurred quick, I fear. And also, he doesn't really crave loyalty. He wants to date her. Like, he's lying. He just wants someone to love him. It's not really about, like, oh, loyalty and family. He wants to be in love. He wants someone to care about him, which would include them being loyal to him if they cared about him. But he's more about, like, I want someone to know me and care about me. The only person who he thinks cares about him is Lily because she literally saved him from death. Yeah, he's projecting. And Damon, you know, left him to die in a fire. So, you know, I mean, he's got a number of abandonment issues that he needs to work through. And he thinks that if, I mean, obviously he thinks that if Lily can love him and she won't leave him, no one will ever leave him. He sees that Lily stands by people once she decides they're her people, which is not actually true given the evidence of her life, but what he sees of, you know, the heretics. So he's like, if I can just get in there, I'll never be alone again. And he's also like, I want someone to care about me. And she cared about me enough to save me, which she just kind of felt like doing something. But that's his own thing. So he's like, if she cared about me once, I can get her to care about me again. Mm-hmm. These other people all care about each other. It's too hard for me to get in there. Yeah. Damon then comes into the house. So essentially shows Enzo that the seal's down. And Enzo shook. Which I think this is a mistake. I think the only time you should show Enzo the seal is down is when you're coming in to snap his neck. Yeah. Element of surprise is all you got here, King. But he says, yeah, one is a permanent blood tie, a name, a legacy. Because he's trying to, you know, do the family thing to kind of get Enzo to betray Lily. And Enzo says, well, in her eyes, Malcolm was much more salvatore than you ever were. Why else would she bury him in the family crypt next to Elena? And Damon says, that crypt is sealed shut. And Enzo says, oh, right. Well, then it's a good thing she's mother bear to a group of magic siphoners, you fucking idiot. Yeah, I'm going to get on my Enzo Defender-ish. Yeah. He did give this information to Damon. But I think he's giving it to him to get him out of the house, knowing that he's probably too late to stop what Lily's doing because he has to get the deed signed over because now he he knows that the seal's down. He's got to call the registrar's office. I think he's doing it to hurt Damon, but he does give the information. He could have very easily hidden that. So I still think there's a bit of care for Damon he has. Sure. And now, I, Damon, I have, I have some problems with what you do next. I get why he goes to go check in on Elena. He's right to do that. Yeah. On the way there, text Stefan, I'm leaving, get out of there fast. Or even better, snap Enzo's neck and lock him in the dungeon and text Stefan that. Because then Stefan has a little bit more time and he's aware of it. I was going to say snap Enzo's neck, call out to Stefan. You have vampires, you have superheroes. Be like, hey, Stefan, can you hear me? Great. I got to go deal with this. You get Caroline. And if the maid gives you any trouble, kill her because she's human. Honestly, while you're here, all love to Lucy, kill her right away. Because you know she's going to be the next deed person. Yeah. Let them at least take some time to hunt someone down. Give you some time to, I don't know, take the deed. Yeah. Anyways, we go to the cemetery. Lily is leading the heretics to the Salvatore crypt. She's got an urn, which clearly must have Malcolm in it. And she's so unserious. Like, she married into this name. She hates her family that has the name Salvatore, and she's still taking this crypt. She's just doing it to spite Stefan and Damon. Yeah. She looks at the crypt and says, a little gaudy. It's no more gaudy than any other crypt in this cemetery. Yeah. Look at Giuseppe's giant fucking headstone. (laughs) Talk about gaudy. Lily says, pull out Elena's coffin and dump the body in the river under the falls. She can spend the next 60 years of her life underwater. It seems like she doesn't end up doing this. Yeah. So I don't know why she even bothers saying it. Because what happens after the scene? She says, just kidding. We're just going to cloak it over there. Yeah. Why would you say this line if you have no plan to? It's a gag, but it, it bugs me from a plot point of view. Bo opens the gate. 
we go over to the porch that Bonnie was on. She wakes up in a panic because she passed out. She looks at her stopwatch, which is at five minutes and 42 seconds, close to the six minute mark. Yeah. And so she quickly does the spell and wakes Matt up. Now let's grab the phone, Bonnie. Yeah. She super, she says, oh my gosh, thank God. Which if I'm mad, I'm like, mm. what do you mean? Thank God. I was out for 10 seconds. You sound surprised I'm up. So then Matt looks at the timer as it hits six minutes. And he says, awful long 10 seconds, Bonnie. I'd be pissed too. She did faint, but he's like, excuse me, what were you doing for five and a half minutes? <laughs> he's just sitting here playing Candy Crush? What did you get distracted by? There's no people here. We go to the Salvatore house. Caroline comes too, and Stefan has shown up. Caroline says, Stefan, is it you or am I hallucinating? And he says, what'd they do to you? And she says, you mean before or after the gallon of Ravain they injected me with? And he says, I'm going to get you out of there. Hang on. And she says, already doing that because she's hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Still got a sense of humor. (laughs) She falls to the ground and he says, looks like I'm going to have to swoop you up and carry you out of here. She says, well, the feminist in me says no, but. Like, is there time for you guys to do these little bits? Let's go. Like, I know you think Damon's distracting Enzo, but just grab her and vampire run. Just move. He touches her skin and it burns his hand. And he says, it's like your skin is Vervain. And I mean, it was like, they can't kiss. Like, yeah, so fast. Caroline says, Valerie's spell. And again, Stefan, I know her skin is like Vervain. Grab her and run. Yeah. It'll burn for a second. Boo hoo. It's your fucking girlfriend. Yeah. Aren't you in love enough that you can handle like two burns on your hand? If you grab her and vampire run, it'll be five seconds. I mean, in a perfect world, go down to the basement, grab some blood bags to make her more powerful. And then you can both vampire run. Yeah. Or bring a blood bag with you, which you've done before. There's many, many options. Whatever. We go back out to the cemetery. Damon's looking for the heretics. He says, hello. Anybody burying somebody nobody cared about is now the time. Funny joke. Unnecessary because they're mad at you. And also because they're not here. (laughs) He sees the crypt is open and the coffin is gone and he is freaked out. So he throws some stuff at the wall. Lily appears and she says, you always did throw the worst tantrums. I hate you. Like, of course he's throwing a tantrum. You stole his defenseless girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, where is she? And Lily says, well, that's the fun of cloaking spells, Damon. She could be right next to you or she could be a million miles away. And I'm the only one who knows where she is. Well, you and whoever did the cloaking spell. Yeah. See, I get this, like, this thing, like, oh, I'm the only one who knows where she is. It's not true. Kill her right now. Like, I know she's your mom. I think we're past it. Like, she's clearly not giving mom. Yeah. And- She can't do a spell, so you know someone else knows. And also, let's face it, Elena's probably in this crypt. They didn't have that much time. They don't want to have to move a coffin. It's so much more fun to cloak her in this crypt and use it as leverage. I don't actually remember where she is, so I'm not spoiling it. But that just, logistically, she's probably in the vicinity. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If you rip Lily's heart out and there's not someone, like, leading these people, you probably will get to, you know... Separate the heretics slowly. The fractures will overtake much faster than they will with Lily there. Yeah. So I think her time is done. I would kill her. As they say on strategic shows like Survivor, you got to cut off the head of the snake. Mm-hmm. Damon says, you want to punish me for what I did? Fine. Do it. Punish me. Torture me. Kill me for all I care. But leave Elena out of this. Lily says, do you remember when you broke my grandmother's vase? Damon says, what? Damon says, I don't know. I was a child. Of course, things broke around me. Lily says, you were young, 10 maybe. You denied it. Even when your father made you cut a switch from the yard, even when he beat you with it till you were bloody, still you denied it, vehemently. You were sitting there playing with your little toy soldiers, bloody and bruised. So I switched tactics. 
and the next morning, when you woke, your room was bare. No toy soldiers, no toys at all. And you cried and cried, and then you admitted everything. Number one, this is a very fun villain dynamic because she can terrorize him in such a painful emotional way. So yeah, very slay of Lily to demonize him this way. But number two, Miss Lily, woof on the motherhood front. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, how is it that the 10-year-old with an abusive father is the villain in your memory? Like, like yeah, I bet he lied that he didn't break it. He knew he was going to get hit. Well, and I'm so sorry that after he got beat by his abusive father, he was self-soothing by playing with his toys while you were just like seething at him about it. Like instead of, you know, comforting your son and being like, that wasn't fair. I'm so sorry. Like, you can tell me the truth. I know you're scared to tell your dad the truth. Like, how is he evil in this? And he's a 10 year old. Like, I get that you as a person might be frustrated that this child broke a vase that was meaningful to you. He's a 10-year-old. I'm sorry, he broke something. And even in this retelling, it's not like, remember when you threw my grandmother's vase on the floor? Like, he probably broke it on on accident. Maybe he was playing with his brother. And Lily, you're telling me a story in which Giuseppe beat this child, and you still sound more evil. Like, Like, so they were getting physical and psychological abuse. Amazing. Yeah, the way she talks about Giuseppe, like, oh, he was abusive. He was awful. Meanwhile, she's psychologically abusing the kids. I mean, girl. It's bad, Lily. It does make me, you know, wonder how she got the loyalty of the heretics as well. Because I don't think she got rid of this strategy. Let's say that. Well, honestly, one thing we have to think about, which I don't think we've brought up yet, is you have to remember that not, that Lily basically turned all these people into vampires. Mm Mm-hmm. Sire bond, baby. Oh, that's true. They think of her as their mommy, and then she sire bonds them. That's probably at play a little bit. And it's it's the same thing of you're not going to abandon your family when you're in the prison world. But you're in the prison world. You only have these people with you. You're gonna stay in this group. Like where would they have to go? And even now, they're you know it's a big world compared to 1903 and compared to the prison world. They're scared to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Damon is, of course, shook that this is the story she's telling to justify this. Yeah. So Damon says she's not a toy soldier. But then Lily does hit back with a good point, which is, and Malcolm was not a vase. It is very much like, yeah, you had to retaliate for Malcolm. But it's like the toy soldier was an overreaction to the vase. So the not toy soldier, still an overreaction to 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 the the not not vase. Exactly. The moral of the story is you went a little fur here, Queen. But it is an excellent mic drop. (laughs) She gagged him. But, you know, I just have to say, Lily, you're giving evil. And I know that's your thing. But let's take a step back and remember, you know, this is your son. Lily goes. Damon Vampire runs after her, but all the heretics are there. And Lily says Malcolm was a vital part of this family. He meant something to each one of us. And everyone goes around and says what it was. This is why Enzo couldn't be here, because he would have been like, and I met him yesterday. And he was cool. (laughs) He was fine. (laughs) Kind of seemed like early exit fodder to me, but. (laughs) And also, all of their reasons are super vague, of course, Mm -hmm. because we don't really have time for full backstories with everyone because he's already dead. What's the point? Yeah. Mary Louise says, he found me on the streets and he was kind to me, something I hadn't felt in years. He's the one who convinced me to meet with Lily. Nora says, my family wanted me dead. Malcolm made sure they didn't succeed. Valerie says, I hadn't seen Bo in a decade. Malcolm reunited us. Bo doesn't have anything to say about that. I'll say this. So sounds like a guy found you at your most vulnerable point. 
he just happened to find the only other siphons right when they were down on the luck at the worst point in time and came to you with a magical solution. Just interesting. He was so wonderful. He was not manipulating me. Interesting. And he had nothing to gain from us turning except an army of loyal people. He just happened to find me on the street. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? He found me and we were both siphons. Fate. Fucking idiots. Lily says he was my sounding board, my confidant, my eldest son. Ironic that you took him from me. Damon's like, first of all, I'm your eldest son. Just no way around that. Well, and it's like, and you clearly know I'm your eldest son because you're commenting on the irony. So you know that's rude to say to me. Well, and also what's funny about it is like, he's also older than Malcolm. So he's in every way her eldest son, even if you count Malcolm as a son. Yeah. Damon says, all right, tell me what you want. We go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan and Caroline are just very casually chatting. Like they don't have to rush out of here. Like she's not held captive. Yeah, even if you think you have all the time in the world, let's get her out of the house. You can have a chit chat in the woods. Caroline says one of the heretics was torturing me. The other one said she would help. I just thought it would only burn them. And Stefan says, it's okay. When we get out of here, we'll call Bonnie. There's got to be a way to get rid of this. Stefan gives her like a leather jacket and says, as for now, we have to avoid skin to skin contact. I know that's going to be extra hard for you. And she said, you know it, King. (laughs) She said, yeah, let's flirt. It's the right time. (laughs) Stefan says, I'm going to call Damon. Tell him we're ready. Just some common courtesy for my brother. Yeah. Surely he would do the same for me. (laughs) Caroline says, hey, Stefan, do you feel that? And it's like shaking, almost like there's an earthquake. Mm -hmm. Stefan says, what's happening? And Caroline says, I don't know. I feel like every molecule in my body is being pulled. And then Stefan flies out the window And Caroline is pulled down the stairs. This is just like in season two when Elena took the dagger out of Elijah and he got pulled out of the house because he wasn't invited in. (laughs) Yeah. So iconic. This is something they don't do a lot. And I'm glad they don't do it too much, but it's fun when they do it. Yeah. It's a nice like once in a while, like a treat. It's a little gag. (laughs) At the bottom of the stairs, of course, there is Enzo and Lucy. Enzo says, invite her in. And Lucy says, oh, Caroline, please come in. And Caroline like rolls her eyes. She's like, oh, come on. Yeah. So obviously Enzo got Lucy to sign the deed. Maybe he's a notary as well. (laughs) Maybe he is. (laughs) Enzo says, sorry, love. Enzo knows that if Lily comes back from this funeral and Caroline's gone, she's never going to love him. Oh yeah. He's never getting a kiss if that happens. He's like, Caroline, I need you to stay in this house. Please, please, please. I need this so bad. (laughs) We go over to Matt's police car. Matt gets in and Bonnie is sitting shotgun. And she says, I think we should go to the hospital just in case. So did the doctors not evacuate? (laughs) If I was Matt and she just left me dead for six minutes. No, you're riding him back. You're not getting a ride. Walk home. (laughs) Walk back to Whitmore since it's so close. (laughs) Matt says, and say what? My friend used magic to stop my heart for six minutes. How's my brain? He got her there. She's like, we'll just ask about your circulation. (laughs) She says, Matt, I'm so sorry. I got hit with these visions. And Matt says, no, Bonnie, this isn't your fault. This is all happening because of Damon. And Bonnie says, well, the thing is, Matt, no, it isn't. What you said to me yesterday. And so it's also like, so this was yesterday this conversation happened. Yeah. Because this was the evacuation when this happened. Yeah. She says, you were right. The heretics are here because of me. And when I saw our town or a home like this, I helped Damon kill Malcolm. When I found out they took Caroline, it was my idea to stop your hurt. I refuse to stand by and let them do whatever they want. And Matt says, you know, I drive up and down these streets every day. Streets that for my entire life were filled with people, families, kids. 
And now I pray I see empty parks, empty playgrounds. I pray I don't see a soul. And I hate that. I hate them. And Bonnie says, then why don't we stop fighting and do something about it? So did you learn nothing from the events of this week? Yeah. Because what are you going to do about it that isn't going to cause retaliation to make things worse? You're going to have to think about it longer than a day. Yes. Starting point. You know, I understand the heretics are more powerful, but like I said, you have to start with Lily if you're going for killing. Cut off the head of the snake. Mm -hmm. And also, Lily's easier to kill. Yeah, just like logistically. She's a run-of-the-mill vampire. She's not even ripping right now. And not to be this person, call in someone, like, unoriginal. I know we can't do that because they spun off. But like, oh, someone else was chasing Lily because she betrayed them, and they came and killed her. Oops. How are they going to prove you wrong? Have you ever heard of Elijah Michelson? You don't even need to call an original. Just kill yourself and be like, oh my God, the originals were here. Have you ever heard of a hunter named Michael? Just say that. (laughs) They chased us while we were in Mystic Falls. I remember it as a child. Bang. Lily died because there's a curse. It's called the curse of the sun and the moon. And (laughs) you can look it up in any culture. I'm not making it up. (laughs) You know, and it was by an Aztec shaman. And I can point you to the drawings. And you guys don't know anything about Aztec history because who would have told you about it in 1903? So prove me wrong. We go over to the Lockwood house. Damon is drinking. And Stefan comes in pretty pissed off and says, you left. I could have gotten her back, but you left. Damon doesn't say anything. Stefan says, what? No comeback? No funny reason? And then, you know, Stefan grabs Damon and says, answer me. And Damon says, better get it out where you can, bro. I'm not going to be here much longer. Now, look, I get what he's doing here. Damon, you deserve to be yelled at for the bullshit you did today. You know you fucked this up. Stefan says, what the hell are you talking about? Where are you going? And Damon says, I believe Lily's exact words were as far from Mystic Falls as humanly possible. Now, I'm no Google Maps, but I'm thinking that's pretty far away. And then he says she has Elena. She's making me leave town for good. Lily, number one Damon Salvador hater. (laughs) She said, if I can't be happy, you certainly won't. She's been trying to break these two up since she got here. Yeah. (laughs) Damon says, if the roles were reversed, what would you have done? And Stefan says, she has Caroline, she has Elena, she has her house, she has this whole damn town. Well, two of those were things you gave her. Yeah, you gave her two of those. Damon says, she has all our toys. Oh, so now they're toys. <laughs> so now they're toy soldiers. So now Elena's a toy soldier. But I think he's evoking the memory. It's a metaphor, I get it. But it is like, oh, so Elena's a toy to you. <laughs> Interesting. Damon says, Stefan. Whenever I did anything wrong as a kid, she took my toys, but she also took yours, all of them. And you'd cry like a little baby. I'd do anything she wanted to shut you up. This is foul motherhood to not only punish Damon by taking his toys, but to punish Damon by taking Stefan's toys. And mind you, they're eight years apart. Yes. Yeah. So let's say when she was taking like Damon's toys at like 10 years old. Stefan was two. So you're pitting a 10-year-old and a two-year-old against each other. This is very much, if you've been following the Ruby Frankie stuff, she's like this mom YouTuber who very much in plain sight was neglecting her children. Like there were points where she was like, oh, my four-year-old forgot to take his lunch to preschool today. So he needs to learn that if you don't remember to bring your lunch, you don't get to eat. And it's like, he's four. Yeah. And there are like a a lot of things like this. It's Lily Salvatore is very much giving Ruby Frankie. For people who are following that case. Damon says, this is her plan. She's slowly taking away everything we care about. 
First of all, it's not that slowly. It's been two days. Just doing it pretty well. Damon says she wants us to be mad at each other. And this is where Lily went wrong because she forgot that it's actually harder to manipulate grown men than it is to manipulate children. And these grown men, especially because they dealt with Catherine Pierce. They know manipulation, mama. Yeah, they've they've learned what it looks like. They know being pit against each other by a woman. It, I mean, it also crystallizes. I see what y'all saw in Catherine now. Seeing this? Yeah. Oh, I get it. It's it's becoming clear. It's it's definitely obvious. And I think she's also underestimating because she hates them both so much. She's like, well, why would they hang out? Why would they talk to each other? How do they talk to each other? They must hate each other. They're both so insufferable. She's like, each one is worse than the last. <laughs> She's like, I can't even pick a least favorite because they both get lower every day. Race to the bottom. (laughs) Stefan says, you're right. You and I fight. Damon says, well, her and her family of freaks live in our house, getting closer and closer. Stefan says, fine. Then we don't let her fracture us. And Damon says, or we do. Stefan says, oh, fuck me then. (laughs) Damon says, you complained to Lily about your worthless brother who left town. Meanwhile, I'm doing a little fracturing of my own. Stefan says, how are you going to do that? And Damon comes to a realization that these people should have been thinking about sooner, especially Damon who went to the prison world. Damon says, there were four heretics at the funeral. Dead Malcolm makes five, but in 1903, there were six, which means there's one more, and I'm going to find him and negotiate a trade. We're going to get them both back. Finally, a good plan from someone this season. I mean, and also it's good to get to know Oscar because- it is going to be so easy to be like, oh, she let him do whatever he wanted. Well, you guys have to stay in this house. It's a layup. Like, it's so easy. These heretics, again, they've been in the prison world. They've only interacted with each other. Do you know how easy it is to break up a group like that? Especially when there's a couple in there. Oh, a couple, a crazy bitch in love with Stefan and a mute. Give me five minutes. Literally. Give me one bottle of wine in five minutes. They are going to hate each other. They'll kill each <laughs> other before the night's out. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore. Bonnie is on the phone with Rick. Bonnie says, did it work? And Rick says, yeah. Hello, hydrofluoric acid and goodbye, Phoenix Stone. He says, as he's holding the Phoenix Stone. Yeah, let's get on video call. FaceTime me. I know you could hide it in the video call, but let's make you at least hide it. Bonnie says, good. See you in class tomorrow. Is this class every day? I know. I'm just, <laughs> I, I can't make fun of everything, which is one more thing. Yeah. It's a five day a week occult studies introduction class. It's an intensive. <laughs> Rick hangs up the phone and we see he's at the morgue. Of course he is. He gets carte blanche here. His favorite place on earth except the bar. Yeah. If the morgue starts serving him alcohol, he'll be here every day. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he put a nice chilled bottle of bourbon right next to Joe. He's got it like in the fridges. BYOB. <laughs> yeah. Alaric looks at the fridge where Joe is and he almost opens the door, but then instead he closes the door and turns and he lifts the sheet on another body. He's going to test the Phoenix Stone on a random person. Good idea. Let's start with someone else. He puts the Phoenix Stone on the dead guy's chest and the guy gasps awake. And then Rick removes the stone and the guy goes back to being dead. So is the Phoenix Stone really that simple that you just have to put it on a person and they come back to life? Does it have to stay there? Is there a way to make it permanent? What's happening here? What's what's the mechanics? It appears that it has to stay there to keep people alive, which, you know, is hard to keep something there forever. I bet there's some way to make it permanent, but I bet it's complicated. Sure. I think that the stone has to be connected to someone, which this does raise the question too, why was it on the boat? Was it keeping someone alive on the boat? That's a good point. 
before the boat, you know, shook up, everybody died, the, the stone dislodged. Let's say that. But is it really that simple that if it gets on the person and stays in place, they're back, they're alive? I'm guessing it does kind of depend how they died or that it works better, like it works on some people than others. You know, it may bring you back to life, but it may not heal you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like how Alaric didn't die because Joe, you know, fixed his wound. Sure. Like maybe it, wake. like we don't know how this guy died. And he has a scar on his chest, but that's clearly an autopsy scar. So like, we don't know if it just kickstarts you. Like maybe it's a jump start, like a battery on a car. Like an EKG. Like it will start you, but you need something else to keep you going. So for example, like Joe died of a stab wound. So by that token, could they put the Phoenix stone on her chest, feed her vampire blood, and then she heals and then she's good to go? Potentially. I feel like it's it can't be that simple because, you know, it's only going into episode three, but it, there may also be something about it that it works on humans, but it doesn't work on anyone who has any magic connected to them already. Like it okay. may need to be the magic by itself. But also I'm trying to think of why it's evil. Yeah, I was going to ask. So how does <laughs> evil incarnate play into it? Yeah, maybe it only brings back evil people. Okay. And this guy who was on the table happened to be just like a horrible fucking dude. And they just didn't know that because he's just a random guy. <laughs> yeah, because he's just laying there. Okay. I also think this a point to be made about connecting, which I think, I mean, I've already connected this stone to the scars. And the bird scars. And the, so, and the bird scars. So does that stone lead to a scar? Does the scar come from something else? How are the scars and the stone connected? Great question. So here's my other question I want to ask you. There's a lot of talk about bringing someone back from the dead. But as we know, the other side doesn't exist anymore. We really don't know where people go when they die anymore. Yeah. So where is this stone bringing people back from, if anywhere? Also because we know that this guy, well, we don't know anything about this guy. I don't think we're meant to know much about him. Yeah, I think we're he's not. just an example. But because we're not meant to know anything about him, we're assuming he's human. Sure. And we know the other side is meant specifically for supernatural creatures. I think my assumption or guess at one point is that when the other side collapsed, then the humans and supernatural creatures all went to the same place. Sure. Same afterlife. So I'm assuming they pulled them from there. Just general afterlife? Just general afterlife. Okay. But maybe, you know, same thought process of evil. Maybe it only pulls you from hell. Like the, the hell option. Like maybe if you're in heaven or at peace, it won't pull you. Do you think hell exists in the Vampire Diaries universe? We've asked this before. And you've been pretty sure we don't get to a religious place. Maybe. <laughs> I'm more inclined to believe that there's one afterlife because we spend so much time with this like idea of heroes, villains, antiheroes, like redemption, redemption, that the idea of hell seems at odds with that. Yeah. But where did Catherine fly off to? We actually still don't know where the wind sucked people to. <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole nother thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe the stone only pulls you back from the wind, wherever you're blowing around. Yeah. So everyone's in a tornado. Yeah. And this stone is connected to the tornado. And the, the tornado is caused by a phoenix flapping its wings. There, there it goes. It all connects. It all connects. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> you can't fool me, Julie Pleck. <laughs> Julie Pleck, I've got you. <laughs> we go over to the Salvatore house. Enzo is sitting by the fire playing the guitar. Michael Morecki's agent said, you better let him play guitar on this damn show. He's posed. He said, Lily, come in. I, I'm sitting. I'm sitting right. I'm sitting pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Lily approaches. She listens to the guitar and she smiles. Enzo says, how was the burial? Lily says, as lovely as a burial could be, I suppose. I noticed Caroline is still being held in the girls' room. Would you like me to speak with them about letting her stay with you? 
and he says, I don't need you to advocate for me. She made her bed. Perhaps it's time she should lie in it. Did she make her bed? What bed did she make? She was just hanging out. She didn't kill Malcolm. And Stefan tried to save her. She didn't do anything with that. All she did was laugh at Nora one time. And she was wearing a funny outfit. Mm -hmm. Lily says, well, what about your bed? Have you decided which room you'll take? And he said, where are you sleeping, queen? (laughs) Yeah, he said, you got a king. Come on. (laughs) You need a king in that king, baby. (laughs) Enzo says, do you consider me part of your family like the others? Now, if you have to ask. I mean, Enzo. She doesn't care about you. She says, yes, of course. I care for you as much as I do them. And he says, and therein lies the problem. I'm not here to be one of your children, Lily. And you said, no. I was sitting watching this being like, no, Enzo, Enzo, no, no, no. This is the worst couple I've ever seen. She says, why are you here, Lorenzo? Why did you choose us? And Enzo says, there was no us in my choice. I chose you. I'm here because of you. So he's basically like, girly, I'm in love with you. He chose her. Her? Enzo, do you even want to be happy? I know. Did you even try (laughs) being happy today? Like, come on. He walks away and says, I'm taking the guest room in the East Wing. Good night. And she sits there because he touched her hair. So she's like touching it like, "Mm, is he my son or is he my boyfriend? Hard to say. Hard to say. She doesn't see. She doesn't make any comment either way yet. She has a bit of a smirk and she she touches his hair where he touched it. Do you think Lily and Enzo will date or do you think? This will be unrequited. I don't think they're going to date. I fear they'll kiss. Sure. I do think she's always going to choose her little family over anything else. Do you think she wants there to be a father figure for her family? Do you think there ever has been a father figure for this family? Do you think she likes being a single mom who works too hard, who loves her kids and never stops? I think she likes being like the lead of a family. Sure. Like, and I think in her 1903 mind... A woman can't be the leader of a family if there's a man in the picture. Sure. So I, I think she prefers to be like the one in charge. I think she views children as like underlings, sure. which is why she's a bad mom. So I think Enzo trying to be on equal footing with her is not going to sit right with her. Sure. But I do think she like she hasn't kissed anyone in fucking 100 something years. So unless Oscar is actually the father figure. We have to raise that possibility. We do. We don't know what Oscar's gig is. But I think, I don't think this is going to go well for Enzo. And as it shouldn't. Preying on this couple's downfall. I'm waiting for Benenzo. And anything in the way of Benenzo is just pissing me off. Yeah. And this is pissing me off more than most. You're not alone in that. <laughs> we go upstairs. Caroline is pacing. She's no longer chained up. And Nora says, don't get cocky. You're still spelled into the room. So they're now letting her off the chains, but they still have her spelled in. Nora says, I figured you could use some space to stretch your legs and maybe give this a read. She tosses an old journal on the table. And it does look like one of Stefan's. He loves that old timey leather shit. Mm-hmm. And Caroline says, oh, what is it? And Nora says, I know you think Valerie was doing you a favor and that she's the nice one. But trust me, she's the worst of all of us. And then about the journal, she says, it's Stefan's. She never goes anywhere without it. And Caroline says, what is Valerie doing with Stefan's journal? She said, this can't be that interesting of reading. (laughs) Nora says, it's the first thing she looked for when she realized we were trapped in 1903. The entry for July 15th, 1863 should tell you why. And she goes. And Caroline, she's just like me. She can't help it. She's going to read. She's going to be nosy. What else does she have to do? They didn't put a TV in here. Yeah. So she picks it up and reads. And this is what Stefan has written on July 15th, 1863. I just had the strangest encounter outside the county fair. I met someone, a girl. We only spoke for a moment. 
but her name is Valerie, and she may be the most wonderful girl I've ever met. Now, mind you, 1863, Stefan was 16 at the time. Pre-Catherine. So this was pre-Catherine, pre-vampire. What do you think happened, if anything, between Stefan and Valerie? So there are a number of questions to think about here. One. Yeah, one, what the fuck? Well, yeah, I mean, that that goes without saying. Yeah. One, is this how she met Lily or did she know Lily before? Great question. Two, which goes with this, is she a vampire already? Because I think that alters it. We know that Lily died, aka left Stefan and Damon in 1858. So 1863 is about five years after that. That doesn't give us an answer either way, but we know that Lily was out of Stefan and Damon's lives before Stefan and Valerie met. Yes, that leaves a pretty short window for Malcolm to be the eldest. So it, it's a question of, of that. But I bring that up because either way, I'm guessing Valerie was older than 16. Now, maybe she was also 16, but I lean that she was older. This seems like kind of a grooming situation. Okay. Because it seems like Stefan was taken advantage of because he, I guess he ha- hasn't really seen Valerie. He hasn't. He has not run into her at all yet. Okay, because I was like, he hasn't reacted to her at all. He's actually not seen really any of the heretics. I mean, he's seen Bo, but he wasn't staking out the house. He didn't even go to the house that time that Caroline blew it up. He's really only interacted with Lily. That's true. So it's hard to know if he remembers this relationship or not. But I'm guessing since he hasn't seen her yet, he does remember. Do you think it was a relationship? I don't think it was like a first love situation because if Catherine wasn't his first love, he was acting crazy about it. Yeah. But I think it was like an infatuation, an interest. And she's clearly obsessed with that. Do you think they hooked up? I think they kissed at least. Okay. I think probably stopping at kissing. Why do you think it ended? Maybe when Valerie met Lily, that's how that ended. Like Lily was like, oh, you don't want him, girl. Yeah, because there's no way she did it to protect Stefan. Well, I don't know. I, like, I don't feel like that's something. Sure. So I feel like maybe that's the end point because it seems that Valerie would have wanted it to keep going. And there has been a history, to be fair, of girls being way more obsessed with Stefan than he is with them. Sure. That seems to be kind of standard for him, <laughs> except Elena. <laughs> it's really the opposite problem that Damon has. <laughs> yeah. So there's something up there. I don't know. I don't think she's a trustworthy person. So I think she took advantage of Stefan a little bit in some way, but also was overly obsessed with him. Yeah. Do you think she wants to date him again? Yeah, because I think she did this vervain spell so that he and Caroline can't touch. I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> like, it doesn't take a genius to get to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty obvious. So she seems to be obsessed with Stefan in a way, which a little bit at odds with Lily there. And that's the thing. Like Valerie already showed this fracturing that she doesn't really fuck with Nora and Mary Mary Louise. Nora just gave this up that she's like, I do not fuck with Valerie and I'll give you evidence of like to prove it. I'll make you not fuck with her either. Like this fracture is already started. Do you think Lily knew about Valerie's relationship or connection to Stefan? Do you think she knows this happened? I mean, that's a question of when Lily came into her life. Like, that I just am not 100% sure on. I would guess that she does not know she, like, has feelings of any sort for Stefan. Like, maybe she knows that Valerie knows of her sons, but I would bet that this is a secret. Because I also, you know, as a siphon, there is a big benefit to being turned into a vampire in that you get free-flowing magic. Yeah. So that is enough of a benefit that it's worth keeping some secrets from someone who can give you that. 
originally you implied that Lily was kind of the reason that Valerie and Stefan, you know, didn't stay together. Yeah. If Lily didn't know, then what's the reason? Lily may still have been the reason, but Valerie knew that. that it she was, was more like, internal, yeah. That she was like, I can't really stay with him and be with Lily. And that maybe she regrets that choice now. She chose power over love. Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever learn more about this relationship. I'm sure we will. I wonder sure if I'll ever have some. to watch this bullshit when I should <laughs> be watching Stairline by now. Yeah, back to the Stairline trenches. We just got out of the Stairline trenches. Don't make <laughs> me go back there, Julie. It's hard to be a Stairline stan. Tell me about it. We go back to the Dallas, Texas news station three years from now. Now the show is over. Caroline says, okay, and we're out. Great show, everyone. I will catch you all at the grapevine in a bit. First round is on me. Some guy says, great, I'll be there. Like so fast. Who is that, a lurk? <laughs> he said, I need to go to the bar now. <laughs> me when someone at work mentions happy hour. <laughs> Caroline turns to Tony, her assistant from earlier. And says, okay, let's call my fiance back and talk about this Mystic Falls business. And don't worry, I'm not going to tell him you told me. And Tony says, no, actually, you got another call during the show. Someone named Stefan Salvatore sounded urgent. So we know that her fiance is not Stefan Salvatore. And also, we know this based on Caroline's reaction, which is, she says, well, if he calls back, tell him I'm not here. And I never want to hear the name Stefan Salvatore ever again. Got it? Now, if I'm Tony, I'm intrigued. Yeah, and if I'm Tony, I'm Googling Stefan Salvatore immediately. Yeah. <laughs> she starts to walk away, and Tony, in the background, out of focus, gets shot in the neck with a stake. And Caroline realizes she was a little hurt, so she turns back and she says, I'm sorry, that was a little bit harsh. And then she sees there's a stake in his neck, and she says, Tony? <laughs> and then she gets shot with a stake just below her heart. So she doesn't get grain veiny, but she does fall. And that is where we end the episode. The first question, on top of everyone's mind... If Stefan is not Caroline's fiance, then who the fuck is? I did raise the map possibility, but I do think there's a possibility that it's just like a random guy she met. Yeah. It's always easier after a time jump to bring in a random non-offensive fiance. So then when they break up, you really don't give a fuck. It's exactly what happened with Hannah on Pretty Little Liars. And with Toby, except they killed his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was fucked up. I, I, I maintain mean, that was fucked they, up. They could kill a fiance oh, on yeah. this no, show. No, they could kill a fiance on, on this show. On Pretty Little Liars, it was aggressive. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's more likely that it's kind of a ranto. Yeah, that's fair. I would giggle if it was Enzo. Wouldn't we all? I know it's not Enzo. It can't be Enzo. Why can't it be Enzo? I, I mean, it can be. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think either of them would do that. But yeah. Enzo better be busy dating Bonnie in three years, okay? One can dream. <laughs> and I will. And also I have to ask, Who's shooting these stakes at Tony and Caroline? It's got to be whoever was shooting at Stefan and Damon last week. My Kate urgent guess. I think that's a fair guess. But it does feel like this person could be hunting vampires. but They're clearly hunting, hunting this group of vampires. Sure. Who, as we can see, have spread out. Yeah. So that's informative in some way. It is. So there's some connection they have to them, which we may not know the connection yet. I did have a moment this week where I was like, if Joe comes back to life, maybe Joe has started hunting vampires and holds a grudge on them bringing her in and killing her baby. So I'm just raising that. I don't think it's true. I think it's more likely someone new, but it's crossed my mind, so I'm going to say it. That's fair. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.